A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Paul Mitzi. And I'm Liam Gordis. Jeremy Beremy, baby. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, and generally consuming. You should also know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at Hunting S Cast. Firstly, thank you, gentlemen, for coming back onto the show. It's great to have you back for another Off Topic Hot Topic. I think you were both here for the last one, or maybe the one before that as well. Uh, Damask is still on holiday in Bali as we speak, <laughs> uh, and so she'll be back. We're not sure exactly yet. I'm hoping next week to review Stranger Things Season 4, uh, if not the week after at the latest. How have you guys both been? Yeah, doing doing okay, recovering from COVID. I can That's speak nice. again, which is lovely. That's <laughs> so. nice. I've been very busy and I'm very tired, so <laughs> thanks uh, for having thank, me on. <laughs> thanks for uh, letting me back on your podcast again, Paul, as well. I forgot to tweet it out, actually. I didn't mean to do it, that I was on yeah. to review a TV show, uh, a body swap TV show in uh, Boy Meets Girl. Yes. Um, and we did get, actually, this is an opportunity, I guess, we did get your written thoughts on... Boy Meets Girl. If you want to yeah. hear those, go watch the listen to the episode of uh, the Swapcast podcast. But now that you're on a microphone again, what we what? How did you feel? Did you agree with what Brendan and I were saying? Or I, yeah, I think I was pretty much on board with everything you guys said. Okay, like cool. it's it was a very dour, depressing show that made some very strange choices that kind of robbed the show of any kind of comedy or dramatic effect absolutely it was le- <laughs> there wasn't much left beyond that unfortunately yeah uh all right let's get straight into some new stories starting with the big headlines uh the biggest one probably it's come out in the last couple of days is that sopranos actor uh tony sirico uh who played paulie walnuts has passed away at the age of 79 have you guys watched the sopranos um and do you know the character of Paulie. I uh, I watched the first season of The Sopranos for this podcast. That's right, you did. And then and stopped. Then I watched the first episode of the second season and went, I can't do this. And so I stopped. So, But you remember yes. Paulie, right? I remember Paulie. He's the uh, he's the one that... Um, the Italian in the, guy. In, <laughs> in the mafia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, eats Paulie's the gabagool. Paulie's the one with... Um, he's got the, like, the sort of grey hair, yeah? Yeah, he's sort of like the older one. With a polo um, he's shirt. like an ex, that still an ex vet help. or something like that. And he's <laughs> he he's always like combing back his sort of hair. Yeah. It's the uh, he's got the great edges and stuff like that. He's a, he's a bit of a hard character that one, um, but very funny as well. A bit of an idiot. Um, did you watch Sopranos? Can't remember, Paul. I've watched also watched the first season and stopped. And I'm constantly berated by everyone I know for not loving it. But whatever. No, I won't. I won't <laughs> berate okay. you. I definitely you won't. You can come you. to me if you need me. I'm oh, right good. here, Paul. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> the other big news that hit basically the moment we stopped recording our last off-topic hot topic was that sex education star Shuti Gatwa has been cast as the 14th Doctor and star of Doctor Who from 2023. I've thought about and talked about this with at least you, Liam, I think, and maybe yeah, a little bit with Paul. You told me straight away. Absolutely. Um <laughs> But, you know, a couple of months later, we can finally talk about the podcast. How do you feel about this casting, Liam? Love it. I think he's going to be great if they if they write the show correctly. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that there's been a big, especially with um, Jodie Whittaker, there was... I like Jodie as a doctor, but the, the seasons of Jodie were... I wasn't a fan of them. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with the writing and the showrunner. <clears throat> but there's... Guess who's back? Russell T. Davies, baby. Russell T. Davies, baby. He's uh, on a bit of a hot streak at the moment after... Uh, it's a sin. Uh, it's a sin. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. And which was somehow didn't win a BAFTA in the end. Wasn't that news as well? That's that was a just, sin. That's a fucking sin. That was right a sin. That's, that's what they sin. They did that on purpose then. <laughs> it was all um, for the it's, it's all uh, advertising for the show so yeah I was already excited about Russell T Davies coming back for the show but I think Shitty Gatwa is inspired casting um, I remember when they were sort of talking about who it could be you're having trouble like thinking of names or or, or potential straight off the top of my head but as soon as I saw that announcement I was like that makes perfect sense and I think he will be an excellent, excellent, excellent doctor. And I think teamed up with Russell as well. I totally... I'm, I'm just super excited for what they, where this might be going um, once they're on board. Uh, you haven't really watched Doctor Who, have you, Paul? I don't think I've ever watched an episode. Ever oh, watched now. an episode. So this is the, the beautiful thing. If you ever feel like jumping on, if you want to just like taste it a little bit before we get to the Shugatwa stuff, um, I can just point you in the direction of the episodes you should watch. They aren't like even necessarily like critical to understanding the lore. It's just like these are some standard episodes of Doctor Who that mm-hmm. will either make you realize this show is extremely for you and you should be watching it, or that this is this is not a show for you. But um, there is some incredible episodes of Doctor Who. One of the episodes that Brod will suggest has the Doctor in it for about three minutes. Yeah. Seriously, it's like one of the it's, best it's, episodes of. Well, Doctor what Who it ever. does have um, is we're talking about the episode Blink for everyone at home. Yeah, what's the actress's name? Sally Sparrow, played by Carrie, Carrie Mulligan. Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan is the star of the episode before <laughs> Carrie Mulligan was like big. Okay, um, she plays the character of Sally Sparrow. It's an episode called Blink. It's from season three. It is like the one everyone says you should watch, but there's a reason because it's it's great. It's really really good. Mm. It's also um, a Russell T Davies episode. Oh no, it's not. It's a uh, it's uh, Stephen, Stephen Moffat, Moffat. Stephen Moffat, who went and on to show run from season four onwards. Yeah, I five have a question five. for yes. you, bro. Yes, yes. Do you think you said you were excited for Russell T Davies to come back? Yes. Um, do you think it was right? It was right for him to leave at the time. Do you think it was needed a fresh start for? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't. Think, you think I, that he's been away long enough now that he's probably got a bunch of ideas? I'm probably more excited now, post Stephen Moffat's era, who I thought was the right person to show run and take over when he did. I loved, especially his eleventh Doctor, and I loved Amy and Rory as companions. And mm. while they they got a little bit, I know. It wasn't always as good as it could have been, I don't think, the Stephen Moffat stuff. He gets a little bit... Um, 
I know, maybe a little bit into his own ideas too much or thinks he's a bit smarter than he is. He also crafts some really, 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 really good episodes along the way. Um, even the into, same with Russell T. Davies, though. To some degree, yeah. And, like, they both have different weaknesses, I guess. Guess that the longer they went on, the more they started to sort of repeat or, or fall into those traps a bit more. Yeah. That, that being said, they were both still doing great episodes right up until they finished. Um, like the last episodes of David Tennant as the Doctor are really, really good. Um, mm. Some of the stuff even with Peter Capaldi. There's one episode where he's stuck oh. inside the the, the dial yeah. thing, whatever it was, is an all-time one of the best Doctor Who episodes ever made. That um, one you will need to watch the show a little bit before, Paul, before watching. Do you I reckon? Think, I, th- I think so. Think about the episode. Probably, probably having some... <laughs> probably having some idea of, of what, what the Doctor Who is. Doctor Who is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like, but they also, I think, left at the right time. And just who we've got now, I think, steadying the ship after the current tenure, I think would be... I think Russell... And, and Russell's been doing amazing work for the last decade since he's been gone. It makes me just like excited to see what this version of Russell T. Davies would do with Doctor Who now. Heck, he was the right person to get started, restarted in 2005. I think he's the right person to come back and sort of re-energise it again. I hope. Because you could turn around and find out that, no, actually he's outgrown, or the show's outgrown him, but I doubt it. Anyway, let's move on from Doctor Maybe Who. Maybe a budget or, will help as well. Although, <laughs> we should say, actually, additionally, David Tennant, who played the 10th Doctor and was the first... No, sorry... Russell T. Davies, second Doctor, uh, and Damascus' favourite companion, Donna Noble, played by Catherine Tate from season four, will return for the show's 60th anniversary next year. Um, there have been set leaks and photos um, that have leaked already of like David Tennant's outfit and Donna and Catherine Tate in it. We don't know what it means. This is the return of the 10th Doctor. Is this something else going on? Um, but we know that, yeah, David Tennant will be back at least for the 60th anniversary, which... 60th anniversary. Those anniversary ones are fun. Multi-Doctor story is always fun. How do you feel about that, Paul? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm enthralled and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you would like... I think I you would love it. I think you would love it, Paul. You just got to get the right... You got to get on the right time. Because if yeah. you get on the wrong episode, you'll go, what is this shit? You might yeah. need to... I think, and this is for everyone at home, if you've never watched Doctor Who, I think a good introduction without having to find a specific episode and wanting to understand what Doctor Who is from the get-go, is start from Matt Smith's entrance. Start with the 11th hour. Yeah, the start of Series 5 is a really, really good entry point. Yeah, it's a really good entry point. On to some reports. Variety has reported that Netflix has greenlit Black Mirror for a fifth season. It's been three years since Season 5 came out. Um, I've actually watched very little of Black Mirror at this point, but I think Liam's watched all of it, if not most of it. How about you, Paul? Have you watched Black Mirror? Yeah, I've watched every episode. Are you excited? Are you ready for another season of Black Mirror? Yeah, I mean, the format of it, you know, has endless possibilities. So they're not all hits, but, you know, every season has had at least one episode that's been amazing or like worth talking about so yeah bring it bring on some more black mirror liam um i i think i watched every season except for the latest season um yeah i agree there are some episodes that aren't amazing at all but there are absolutely some episodes some great episodes i never watched bandersnatch though is that it's fun i would say do it do a round of it is it better than the kimmy schmidt oh god that was terrible adventure one that was uh, pretty average. 
Yeah, I'd say it's better than that. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Have you guys been I doing say- the trivia crack stuff uh, on Netflix? It's no. like a no. It's it's bad. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> This is this is what Netflix has been doing with that technology, though that choose your own adventure stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the next season of Black Mirror. It's about a choose your own adventure <laughs> streaming service that goes awry. Great. Uh, I did I say <laughs> that's renewed for a fifth season. I meant sixth season. It has had already had five seasons. Yeah. Uh, Variety are also reporting that Disney Plus are moving ahead with a new Daredevil TV show. This is unconfirmed. And so, if true, it's unclear if Charlie Cox will return as Matt Murdock from the Netflix Daredevil series. But a more recent report, or I think maybe even an announcement, uh, suggests that both Vince D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox will be in the upcoming Echo Marvel TV show on Disney Plus. So it seems pretty likely that if we are getting more Daredevil, uh, it will be uh, with Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. Does this excite you guys? Were you fans of Charlie Cox's Daredevil? I I definitely watched the first. Was there two or three seasons of that three, show? Three, I believe. I watched the first two, and I never bothered with the third. Um, yeah, it's just very much like there's so many episodes, and they're all so long, and I just got fed up. It occurs to me that Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all had multiple seasons. And whatever their last season was, I didn't watch any of them, of any of them. I watched... Hmm. Yeah, I never got around to Luke Cage season two. I never got around to Jessica Jones season three. Yeah. Uh, hmm, yeah, That says same. something about the quality of those shows, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Deadline has a bunch of reports, including... That Family Guy producer Alex Carter is bringing back 80s slash 90s sitcom Married with Children as an animated show. Apparently, original cast members Ed O'Neill, Katie Segal, uh, Christina Applegate, and David Faustino, Faustino, I believe is how you say his name, will return to voice their characters. Were you guys a fan of Married with Children back in the day? I definitely used to watch it. I definitely um, did too. I remember the theme song. Love and marriage. Yeah. Love. And it felt very like edgy at the time. Very. Um, very. Yeah. Edgy. But it's not something I'm itching to see come back. No. You know what I do want to see come back? What? Mad About You. They've been talking about a Mad About You revival didn't it, for a long, Didn't long it come time. back? I, I thought it know. came back. Did it come back? It did it come back and I missed it? I think it, ca- I think it came back and nobody cared. Well, where was I? No one told me. <laughs> that show had some incredible episodes. There is one specific episode uh, where they're trying to wean their child off crying in the middle of the night. Yeah, and that it's was all like one a... take. It's like basically a stage show, and it's amazing. The only reason that it was a, a cut was because I had to put ads in. Did <laughs> well, it come yeah. back? Yeah, it, it came back in 2019. I told you, where it was came I? back. The 12 episodes. <laughs> Wow, well, uh, now I know what I'm watching. I never, uh, never returned you kidding from me. There. Where can I watch that? I don't know. I don't know. If a TV revival in. drops in the streaming <laughs> services and nobody watches, does it make a sound? <laughs> um, going back to this Married with Children. Please cut all of that out. Revival. No, don't stick around. Um, the, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in this. Ed O'Neill... Kay Seagal, Christina Applegate have all sort of continued to have pretty strong careers yeah. post-Married with Children. Um, 
It'd be interesting if they can bring it back in a way that's sort of like... You know how they do the Brady Bunch movie and it's sort of like you bring it into modern times mm. you sort of make fun of what that was? If you could do that now, like somehow poke fun at what Married With Children was in the 80s and 90s and that style of sitcom with the original actors, that could be pretty fun and insightful. Um, mm. I just love why the... animated? Like- I well, just love the massive shade you just put on David Fostino's career. Well, like, they all aware, had a massive As far careers. as I'm aware, the only thing I'm really aware of him doing was playing Marco in The Legend of Korra. And beyond that, I'm not sure I've seen him in anything else since. Uh, unless you guys can remember anything else you've seen him in? No. That's the, no, the sun. So. I'm guessing that's the sun, yeah? Yes, yeah. exactly right. Yes. yes. No, nah, yeah. nothing. Um, HBO have officially announced now that uh, this was originally just a deadline report but then I went back and realised they've actually officially announced this now True Detective Season 4 subtitled Night Country is in production Um, this is being showrun by Barry Jenkins that's right got that right and uh, it will star Jodie Foster oh yeah the synopsis reads when the long winter night falls in Enos, Alaska the six men that operate the Tassalal Arctic Research Station vanished without a trace. To solve the case, detectives Liz Danvers and Evangeline Navarro will have to confront the darkness they carry in themselves and dig into the haunted truths that lie buried under the eternal ice. Does this um, interest you? What has Barry Jenkins done? Barry Jenkins, probably the most mobile thing from Barry Jenkins is Moonlight. That's the Oscar... Winning Moonlight uh, that just oh, beat yeah. out La La Land. <laughs> uh, and most recently, the Underground Railroad TV show, which I haven't seen, actually, sadly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested. Season three was good. Mm, uh, wasn't really quite season, season one, but it was very, very good. It was good. And um, the idea... I think the thing is as well, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, Nick something or other... The original showrunner sounds like he might not be as involved as he was in the first two seasons and maybe even third season. So I think it's more of a Barry Jenkins sort of... I thought he wasn't um, involved in the second season. Pardon? I thought he wasn't involved in the second season. No, the not the same director. It was the same uh, writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, whoever the showrunner was, um, was was definitely involved in season two. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. True Detective, you would, you would love True Detective to be able to sort of like refind its footing and become... The problem is it's the problem is it's always going to be compared to season one, which is basically yeah. a perfect season of television. And if, it's going to be hard to ever reach those highs. Yes. And if the people that are involved in the first three seasons aren't really involved, why is it a true detective show? I guess it's a brand thing, right? It sets a mood they're going for. But then it also gets compared to everything true detective. True, but so, if it's a, if it, if that's what so Barry Jenkins says, I've got this idea for or whoever it might be, whoever's writing it goes, I've got this idea for this sort of noir. Thing thriller hbo will mm. you make it and they say we'll do it but only if it's a true detective show because it's gonna the branding strong you're not gonna say no sure do you know what i mean i think no, i think makes it sense. makes sense yeah uh deadline have gone back to reporting that fargo season five will apparently star john ham jennifer jason lee and juno temple of uh ted lasso fame we don't really have a lot of details on that yet but it's nice to know that fargo season five will be returning and who doesn't love a bit of John Hamm and Juno Temple? Um, Deadline, I've also reported, this one I'm really interested to hear what you guys think, Baz Luhrmann is mm. recutting his epic drama Australia into mm. a six-episode Hulu limited series 
to be called Faraway Downs. How do you guys feel about that? Faraway name? Downs. What? <laughs> well, that's the name. That's the name of the the ste- the, the ste- homestead or whatever it is. It's called Faraway I've never, Downs. I never watched the movie. Um, oh, you never saw Australia? Okay. No, I live yeah. here. I'm guessing Paul did. <laughs> I did see it, um, and I, I just saw Elvis the other day as well. And both of those films have the same problem that pretty much all his films have, where the first like hour of the film, it's like he snorted a whole bunch of cocaine and just like rips through story and like there's zooms and like the camera's spinning and it introduces characters and doesn't let you breathe and then and then like halfway through he's like, Oh, I'm making a movie and then he like slows down <laughs> and starts ta- like actually telling a story and like structuring scenes with right, like so those first yeah. two couple of episodes are gonna be really good. Yeah. So I'm really <laughs> interested to see like how the tonal shift of that film will be in a TV series form when the first hour is a completely different pace than the rest of the film. So is that is that true of Australia? I've only seen Australia once, but I, don't, I, I thought it started off a little bit slower than that. No, it's definitely that. Oh, okay. It's definitely that. And, like, yeah, same with Gatsby, same with... Gatsby, uh, definitely. It's mm. Same with Elvis. They Mont all Rouge. have that same... They all have that same, Rune like, coke-fueled yeah. first act. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, in cancellation news, the CW has cancelled Riverdale. Its upcoming seventh season will Fuck be yes. its last. Fuck yes, <laughs> says Paul. <laughs> I uh, gave up on this on that show a few seasons ago, and it was one of the best decisions of my whole life. <laughs> it was like a weight on my life having to watch that show. How would you like it to end, Paul? What's your pitch? Um, you know what? That show is so... Off the rails, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Hold so down. off the rails that like it could literally be anything. Like it was all a dream. Yeah. Someone has, fell asleep the, reading the Archie comic. Has the Sabrina <laughs> series happened yet? I know they'll be bringing back um, old mate Sabrina. So uh, yeah, yeah, she was in a whole season. I didn't watch it, but okay, gotcha. Yeah. What in um, Riverdale? Yeah, yeah did yeah, they yeah, do yeah. the crossover? Yeah. Yes. Even though Sabrina's been cancelled for a while, they brought back. Kid and Shipgirl, that's her name, I remembered finally, yeah. um, as Sabrina. I'm not sure if it was directly tied to the Sabrina TV show on Netflix or not, or if she was just like playing an alternate version of the character. But yeah, she was a witch? There. I think so. I, I mean, think so. The, I think where Riverdale is these days, I think it's almost definitely she was a witch, yeah. When when I stopped watching Riverdale, there was like Mothman Aliens, and I was like, yeah. I can't this, do it This anymore. is where we're what? at. What? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't do it. <laughs> It's a trap. That's that's big coming from Paul. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of shows that you gave up on, it was a great decision. Has anyone been watching the fourth season of Westworld? I've I've watched the first two episodes and I'm I'm considering stopping. Okay. (laughs) Good to know I haven't missed anything. (laughs) It's just like at this point, like the first season of Westworld, it had mysteries but it had a great story so even if you didn't care about the mysteries just going on the surface level you could appreciate it now it's just mystery so like the first two episodes i don't know what's happening i don't know when it's happening i don't know who the people are like you literally don't know who the characters are in like Like, like, uh, legitimately don't know who is in the bodies just because it's evan rachel woods doesn't mean that it's dolores yeah yeah yeah, totally yeah so you don't know who they are you don't know what time they're in you don't know where they are like why am i watching 
but I might still keep watching. We'll see. I, I'll give it like an episode or so. Have they had the the musical sequence of Tessa Thompson yet? I know that was. No. I saw that being thought. Okay, that's the only bit I'm curious oh, to see. Yeah, if it's poor good. Tessa Thompson's in that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some good people what stuck in that show, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the I watched the most recent trailer just before it released, and that that was my that was the exact problem. I'm like, see what you could do, and actually the reason that season three sort of. I came back for season three is because I watched the trailer. I'm like, okay, I got the pitch now, right? I understand that we're in the real world and it's like, what what happens next? And I watched the trailer for season four. I'm like, I have no fucking idea what this season could be about. And I'm pretty sure the show doesn't know what it's about. So I'm not, I'm not going to give it a go. I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, the CW has also cancelled their reboot of Legends of the Hidden Temple after one season, which uh, is a shame because I was excited by the idea. For those who don't know, Legends of the Hidden Temple um, was like a game show that kids played back in the day for people in Australia. Think amazing, hosted by James Sherry. It was sort of like that similar sort of should concept. be rebooted. Well, now unfortunately, the fact that Legends of the Hidden Temple only lasted one season makes it harder than ever for. For amazing to be rebooted with adults playing, unfortunately, which I'm really sad about. I say Le- I've said this once, and I'll say it a thousand times. Only reason I got into my industry is to reboot <laughs> Amazing. Well, hurry up then. <laughs> I'm I'm trying. It's harder than you think. How much do you think the <laughs> spelling the word amazing. reboot is tough? <laughs> with my How feet. much do you think it would cost to buy the rights to Amazing? You don't need to. Channel Seven will make any old guff these days, especially if it's a game show. Just get, yeah, just but pitch you do the idea you, to them. you you pitch it, and they'll have you swinging over ball, like pits of water or something for being a ninja. <laughs> this is you don't want Channel Seven in charge of it. You need to buy it for which station should have should be in charge of it then, Liam? Which Australian Stan, network? Stan. Stan actually would Stan be would yeah. be great. Yeah, uh, that would idea. be great. Yep. That's our pitch. Uh, I reckon James Sherry probably owns the rights to it at this point. Well, he's Maltese as well, like me, so I feel we have a connection. I'll go. I have I'll some go. literal connections. I'm trying. Don't like. <laughs> I say this as a joke, but how, I'm trying. How many people that currently work in the Australian TV industry do you reckon have pitched? Hey, you should bring Amazing back to James Sherry at some point. <laughs> He's probably sick of it. That's why he hasn't done it. <laughs> He's exactly right. Uh, more cancellations. HBO have cancelled sci-fi comedy series Made for Love after two seasons. This Paul, one I th- hurt. Yeah, this I was going to say, you were just talking about this last time you are on the podcast, I think. Yeah, um, I, I just finished uh, the latest season last week. And right. at least it was given an ending that, you could interpret as a season finale. It, it didn't tie off all the loose ends, sure. but it was enough of an ending that you, I felt somewhat satisfied. But I can understand. I can totally understand why the show was cancelled. Like it's very out there. It's strange. Uh, if you went in the second season as someone who hadn't watched the first, you would be like, "What the actual fuck is going on?" But um, like for those of us that like stuck with it, it was a really fun and weird and strange ride. Okay, here's a question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Would you, if if it meant you could get a third season of Made for Love, would you sacrifice upload season three? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it clearly didn't mean much to you then. Because <laughs> um, we made that comparison last time as like Made for Love being the better version of upload. And yeah, this is just well, a The better version of upload is the good place, but sure. Sure, yes. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, HBO have also cancelled historical dra- drama Gentleman Jack after two seasons. Um, I think Damask had been watching that and enjoying it quite a bit. 
Mum watched it. As, as, as I our, watched as a couple of episodes, yeah. and I enjoyed it. I, it was uh, it was alright. Okay. You it was mum. Mum enjoyed it. It made sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, HBO Max have also cancelled Ridley Scott sci-fi series Raised by Wolves after two seasons. Had you, either of you watched any Raised by Wolves? Paul yeah, I, I've watched all of it. Um, um, and think? this is another like batshit crazy show sure. that was like so stupid by the end of it that I just like it was a wonder to behold. <laughs> um, did, it, it, did it go full Westworld? Like started off cool and then sort of just went off the rails. De- definitely, like it, it started with a really cool, simple um, concept of mm-hmm. like AIs raising human children on a on an alien world and trying to instill them with like uh, into a society that would be better than what humans could do to begin mm-hmm. with. And in the end, it was like giant flying snakes and kids turning into rocks and like fish people uh kidnapping children in their like chest cavities this is meant to be the show getting worse (laughs) pretty rad (laughs) yeah yeah like it it really went balls to the world hard sci-fi um and sometimes it could come off incredibly silly but um yeah, it was it was never boring. I'll give it that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, in release date news, Harley Quinn, the animated DC show, uh, is returning to HBO, HBO Max for season three on July 28th. As far as I'm aware, because I check it pretty often, you still can't watch season two of Harley Quinn anywhere in Australia. It is Also, I saw on uh, today on, on Instagram, sorry to cut you off there, Brod, you were very surprised by that. Uh, James Gunn makes a yes cameo as himself. Yes, I did see that actually in the trailer in this, for season three. Which is interesting. It is. Um, I enjoyed season one. I hope I can watch season two one day. Maybe the season three <laughs> coming out will like make season two come I, out here. I wonder Maybe we get too. season three first. My guess is what will end up happening come the end of the month or maybe not long after the, the show finishes airing in, in the States, season three finishes airing in the States, is that it'll end up on binge. All three seasons will end up in binge in Australia is my guess. It's currently, I think, season one's on Amazon. And, and they had season two for a while, I think. That just, I don't have a fucking clue. It's really weird. Uh, all eight episodes of Amazon's A League of Their Own adaptation will stream from August 12th. This is pretty much my most anticipated show of the year right now. Um... I'm looking forward to binging that over a weekend. We will definitely be reviewing that as soon as we can um, get around to that. Are you guys excited for A League of Their Own? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it was announced this week also that Rosie O'Donnell, who was in the original movie, has been cast in the show as a new unknown character. I don't know if that's exciting hmm. or not, but cool. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, the next... It's, it's been yes. filmed though, right? So it's... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. They, yeah, o- yeah. they often do that though. They, they, they announce casting way after they've actually filmed and stuff sure. like that. Like cool. it's part of their like build-up marketing and stuff like that. And you're that. saying that Nick Offerman's not playing Tom Hanks' character. Not, it's, that's the thing, right? The whole... It's really a loose adaptation. It like, takes the core... Con- as far as I'm aware, it takes the core concept and it's not like it's going to be a beat-for-beat remake, or even that the characters are necessarily the same. It's like the idea of a women's baseball league is there, and they're still playing the Rockford Peaches, but I don't think that they're, any of the characters are the same characters, if that makes sense. All right, cool. Yeah, That's probably good. I like that, because why you know mess with something that ain't broke? Absolutely. 
Uh, the next Star Wars TV show, Andor, will stream its first episode on Disney Plus from August 31st. Uh, Cobra Kai Season 5, can you believe that show has five seasons, uh, will hit Netflix on September 9th. Uh, and the Willow sequel TV series will stream on Disney Plus from November 30th. Have you guys seen the teaser trailer for the new Willow TV show? I did. Is that the one that came out like months and months ago? A couple of months ago. This is the problem. It's been a while since we did one of these. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll probably miss it. I don't have any, you know, nostalgia for Willow. I don't remember ever watching it as uh, a kid. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. I The reason I bring it up, I thought the teaser was really good. Like, it, without having any attachment to that series, I was just like, oh, this feels like like uh, 80s or 90s, like, fantasy film the kind of films that we just don't get anymore mm. um that in the vein of a willow or um like didn't a, the dark crystal a though like dark crystal that, stuff like didn't that. that get a reboot though it did and lots of people really really liked that and um, but it was i think an expensive show to make and not enough people watched it so uh, i fell asleep in the first episode oh there you go so um they're not going to make another season of that but and when paul doesn't want to watch it we stop making it <laughs> <laughs> rightly so <laughs> In renewal news, Amazon Prime Video have renewed their uber popular The Boys for a fourth season. Season three is currently airing, I believe. Are you guys, yes. it's just finished. Just finished, is it? Yeah. Um, I have not watched a lot of The Boys, but I keep hearing it's great. I've sort of been holding off on it because I figured one day we'd probably review it ourselves, and we haven't got around to it. Um, how was season three? I'm halfway through, and I'm loving it. I got halfway through the first episode and went, oh, I can't watch this right now. I'm not in the right headspace. Uh, it's so very full on. Watching. It's very full on show. For anyone at home, this is not a spoiler. The sneeze got me and I was like, <laughs> okay, I can't really watch this right now. Yes. Amazing scene. Um, only Murders <laughs> in the Building has been renewed for a season three. Season two of that is definitely currently airing because I've been watching yeah. that week to week. Yeah. Um, and without give, talking too much about it, um, I think I'm enjoying season two more than season one so far. Oh, wow. Maybe maybe watching episode by episode is help like week by week is helping. Um, but it feels a little more confident or a little uh what's a better, better word for this? A little more uh, professional is not the right word, but just better but better put together, I think, so far. Um I'm quite enjoying season two. Have you guys watched any of season two yet? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I think it, um, it's it's giving, it's weaving all the characters into the mystery a bit more, which I think is is making that difference. Like everyone feels like they have more purpose this season. I also thought the most recent episode, which by the time this puck comes out, will be the two episodes back. I think, but the episode about the victim that they did most recently was really like helpful for grounding my interest in the murder and like. I know, did did a lot. I, I just thought it was really effective, and I was like, "Cool, if they're doing more of this sort of stuff, um, this could be a really fun season." Yeah, uh, I've not watched it yet, but I should because you asked me to come and talk about it again. Yeah, whenever we get around yeah. to review it, well, you did the first season. We I know. Show up for season two. How dare you? That's what I do. Like, I just, like, Sopranos like all you over did again. Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Netflix has renewed sketch comedy show. I think you should leave for a third season. Are you guys fans of this? This is one of my favorite shows of all time. I don't think I've watched. All I don't time. think of all time. I don't think I have rewatched a show, any other show, as much as I have. Maybe The Simpsons and this are the two shows I've rewatched the most. Wow. 
Okay, yeah. Paul, I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you could get a, another season of You Think You Should Leave, would you give up season three of Upload? Absolutely. Oh, Very wow, right. shit. Yeah. What, yeah. Is the, what is it, I Think You Should Leave? What is... Is that... It's an absurdist sketch comedy show on Netflix. It's a Tim Robinson uh, sketch comedy show on Netflix. Is that the one where he dresses up in like a uh, A hot dog suit? Mask. And and then he gets, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I've got too much shit on me. Yeah, 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 that's quite funny. I have not watched it, but that was funny. That one thing I saw Uh, on YouTube. There you you go. There's my hot take. You need to watch, like the episodes go for like 10 minutes each. It's the... It's the best thing you could do for your life. Go watch it. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Netflix have also (laughs) renewed F1 docuseries Drive to Survive for at least two more seasons. (laughs) Now, Liam, I've never known you to be interested in cars or racing or anything like that. Why is this so exciting for you? I was never. And then all my mates told me that I should definitely watch Drive to Survive. And then I binged all of Drive to Survive. And now I'm kind of obsessed with Formula One. So it's really good. And watching these fucking international races every two weeks. It is ruining my sleeping patterns. It was already ruined. (laughs) But it is, yeah, it is. I love it. And it's, yeah, Drive to Survive is great. And all I can think all season of the F1 is. This is going to make a great episode of Drive to Survive <laughs> based on all the stuff that's happened in this season, guys. So, I, I should stop watching Formula One alongside you like a calf do and just wait for the season of Drive yeah. to Survive that talks about it. You should actually just watch the, the whole docu series. So. Uh, HBO Max's 70-set female comedy Minx has been renewed for a second season. Um, I think... Yay. Yeah, everyone I know who's watched that has really enjoyed season one, so that's exciting. They also renewed Bill Hader's dark comedy Barry for a fourth season of eight episodes. Uh, Paul, you started watching Barry recently, didn't you? Yes, I did. (laughs) What did you think of season one? Look, (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with this show. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I know everybody's going to hate me as usual. <laughs> you know, Paul, he has shit taste in everything. <laughs> blah, blah. But. Paul, I think you should leave. <laughs> Look, I I probably will keep going, but it's one of those shows where I kind of have to force myself to. It's not a show where I'm like, oh, i got to watch the next episode. Oh, that blew me away. It was like, okay, everything in that episode was solid. They didn't do anything bad. I guess I'll watch the next one. Everyone loves this show. That was kind of my attitude watching the first season. So, yeah. I know. Hey, I'm shit. I'm Paul, a terrible person. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching Barry recently because I had never seen it. Yeah. Did not grab me. The first couple of episodes did not grab me and I just couldn't. It just wasn't doing anything for me. I was bored. You both cancelled. <laughs> uh, anyway, cut that bit out. No one can know I agree with Paul. Or uh, HBO uh, also finally renewed Our Flag Means Death for a second season. Took yeah. them fucking long enough. I've this no I'm idea. excited about. I've no I reckon I know why. I think why? it was just Taika Waititi is the most the busiest man in Hollywood, and they're like, "Can we? Well, you got time, mate, for this?" And he's like, "I'll find time." <laughs> I think that's what's happened. They definitely would have wanted to. Um, I yeah. I I wondered. It was getting a lot. Like they were talking about how it was performing, uh, particularly like social media wise. It really took hold. 
Um, I wonder whether it was more of a negotiation thing. I wonder if it was like, we're, we're keen to renew it, but you're going to get the same deal. Or whether the creators were like, no, 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 we we want to do this and we want to go better. We want a higher budget sort of thing. It was a negotiation, that sort of thing. But whatever the reason was, I'm glad someone came to their fucking senses and we're going to get a second season of that show. It does feel uh, like it's probably a cheap show to make. Like, it didn't seem to have well, a it huge didn't look budget. Expensive, I'll put didn't, it that no. way. It definitely looked like a Hercules or a Xena, if I think about budget-wise, you know? No, because but they in were a great filmed way. outside and not in front of those volume fucking... Um, not even green screens, are they? They're like virtual sets yeah. or whatever. Is that where yeah. they film this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're on the boat and it looks super fake, it's because it was in front of giant LCD monitor, LED monitors. Right. Well, they need to pay their 3D renderers more. That's what is. they need to do. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Uh, Apple TV Plus musical series Schmigadoon is getting a second season. I haven't watched Schmigadoon, but I think Liam... Yeah, I recently watched it. Loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah, I fucking love this show. Um, I'm so glad it's coming back. Don't know how they're going to... Yeah. I thought it was a great, like, one season, you know, that's all you need. Uh, mm. Maybe different characters? Maybe different musical genre. Ooh, yeah. Let's get a rent. Type of, <laughs> yeah. or they just go to they go to an alleyway and they're all dressed up as cats. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I yeah. didn't put, I didn't put <laughs> neither of, of these stories in the rundown, but it's worth mentioning. Like the idea of limited series doesn't mean jack shit anymore. Disney's already talking about, and Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor are already talking about wanting to come back for a second season of Obi Wan, which is meant to be a limited series. Uh, apparently, there was going to be a trilogy of Obi Wan films that didn't get made and got turned into the TV show because the Han Solo movie did so poorly at the box office. And then uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, the Nicole Kidman show, which is mm-hmm. meant to be a limited series because it's based on a book, is being turned potentially turned into a second season as well, the reporters. So it's like, if something's popular enough, it doesn't matter if it only had one season of story in it, they'll find a way to squeeze a second season out of it. Yes, Liam? You look like you just, just farted and smelt your own fart. What the fuck yeah, I was just thinking about Obi-Wan and how they don't need to make another season of that. Like, it just They need more, more ways... from their mistakes. They need more ways to, like, break the continuity of Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just upsetting. Maybe that's the ultimate goal. Maybe they can form enough contradictions inside that there's going to be some sort of, like... Like logical canonical implosion that like reset Star Wars and they can reboot oh, there's a the flash original point series of yeah 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 but in Star Wars great <laughs> exactly, right. and that's uh, how Palpatine came back it all yeah. makes sense everyone <laughs> somehow Disney, Disney got so greedy that Disney pl- that uh, Palpatine came back uh, FX comedy What We Do in the Shadows has been renewed for a fifth and sixth season so uh, oh. that's a double season renewal so well done to that's Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi as yeah. well. Taika Waititi. Yeah. So we just talk about Star Wars and how broad. <laughs> He's Calls writing Taika a Star Wars like... show at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, yes, go on, Paul. Uh, uh, I love what we do in the shadows. I'm I'm really excited. Is it is the is it the fourth season currently airing? Is that right? It's about to start airing. About to start airing. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so in, great. In other news, Samantha will be back. For the second season of And Just Like That, as more text messages, apparently. Um, <laughs> Kim Control is not coming back to the show. Uh, there's been plenty of talk about if she would or she wouldn't. And just as Paul and Damask both said, there's no way she's coming back. But they are going to keep going with the Samantha text messaging 
thing because apparently um, the show doesn't work without her. Who would so, have thought? Almost like they shouldn't have made the show at all. But go on. So uh, remember when we were reviewing the show and we were kind of talking about what it would need to do to be better in season two. Yep. And we had like all these suggestions and then we're like, hopefully uh, the showrunner has listened to like the criticisms. Um, so in the interview where he revealed she'd be coming back as text messages, I <laughs> yeah. watched that whole interview and he pretty much defended every choice he made in season one. Fuck. Um, he will be doubling down on everything <sighs> in season two. Like Wait. he loves Che as a character. He fucking loves Che. So just putting Che's that out not there. the one that worries me that much. It's Miranda that's the one that <laughs> yeah. oh, really yeah, annoyed me. He, he loves the journey that they both went on. I sat down. My <laughs> housemate was watching this. I sat down and watched the first episode with her and I guessed the storylines for three of the characters. And I came back at the end of the season. And I said, what happened? She's like, well, she started a podcast and... Now she's gay, and all this. I'm just like, Jesus Christ! It's so obvious from that first episode. It's not good writing. It's not good writing because I came uh, up with it. <laughs> <laughs> while while nothing is set in stone, Scrubs cast member mem- Scrubs cast member Donald Faison suggests a revival movie could be in the works. Uh, Paul, are you a fan of Scrubs? Like I watched episodes here and there, but I can't say I was a fan. Sure. Like, I, like, I didn't hate it, but I, I'm not a fan. Liam, are you a fan of Scrubs? I was, yeah. I was a fan <laughs> of Scrubs. And then I rewatched it over lockdown, and it's, it's got some issues. But I'm a fan of Bill Lawrence and what he's doing. Yes. And I think that with a 2020-whatever Bill sensibility. Lawrence sensibility... Yep. In a, a Scrubs... Lasso. Yeah, post-head lasso sensibility, mm-hmm. a... A Scrubs renewal, you know, revive you know, some sort of Reboot, reunion, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think would I'd want any more seasons. I think a movie would be interesting, but I don't know what you would do. It's it's very much needs a good reason, but yeah, I think that I, could be good. I think I, I was a fan of the show as well. I've watched the entire thing through at least once before. Uh, I think there is actually some really strong stuff in Scrubs, but there is parts of it that have aged. Horrifically is probably the best yeah, way I can think of. That's the best way to talk. Say, like, yeah. like, act- absolute horror show. Some of the stuff that's in there that shouldn't be in there, but was. Um, it's funny. Look, watching it again and realizing that the characters I like the most are Kelso and Jordan oh. because oh. they're mean to everybody and they have no discrimination with that reason. Sure. Where in the show, everyone else is sexist or homophobic or. One specific, like Dr. Cox specifically, is just like it's it's hard to watch some of the stuff the way he treats the people. The way he show. treats people now, the sort of stuff that would now just be considered fucking bullying in the workplace and extremely exactly. inappropriate. And like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um anyway, that's you know, reflecting on a show that's like twenty years old now or something like that. Um the the idea of it coming back I think is a bad one in in a general sense. I don't think it needs to. It already tried to continue itself with whatever that extra season of Scrubs was. Um, it, it's done and dusted and, and it ended in a great place. The only thing that makes me even slightly optimistic about if they ever did it is the fact that, yes, I think... Um, what's the name of the showrunner again, Liam? You just said it. Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence, thank you. Who went on to do Cougar Town, which a cult favourite, that one. And then Ted Lasso has obviously been so good and so successful that... 
if they really felt like they had a story to tell, um, mm. maybe, maybe, maybe that maybe it could be something good. But it should exist, probably not. No, it needs the right reasons, and I need to be convinced heavily <laughs> that it's the <laughs> right reason. Uh, and finally, uh, it was announced that the star of Rise of Skywalker, Babu Frick, will appear in Mandalorian <laughs> Season 3. <laughs> it was also announced that The Mandalorian will return to Disney Plus in February of 2023 and that the announced Ahsoka TV show will be released next year as well. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Paul, what have you been watching? <laughs> What have I been watching? I've been watching a lot because I had COVID, but um, yeah, I want to just shout out some things that maybe not a whole lot of people are talking about. Um, first is a show called The Lake on Amazon uh, Prime. Have either of you guys seen The Lake? I have not seen The Lake. Tell me about The Lake. So uh, The Lake is a new Canadian comedy, um, and I feel like the creators of this show really we're looking at Shit's Creek and wanting to replicate that. Shit's um, Lake. <laughs> Piss Lake. <laughs> Fist Lake, yes. Um, so uh, probably the most recognisable face in this is Julia Stiles, um, which we all know from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. We certainly and, do. Uh, Born Identity. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's about a um, gay guy who... Uh, had sex with his female best friend in high school and they had a baby, which then they put up for adoption. And then uh, now she's uh, like a senior in high school and she's he went away to Australia, came back to Canada and then uh, is has decided to take her to the lake that he grew up on for school holidays um, and reconnect with her. But then when he gets to the lake, he finds out that his stepsister, who he's always hated, has kind of taken control of his old family home on the lake, and he decides to make it his mission to take the family cabin back. So um, High stakes. 
Yeah, some so high yeah, so uh, it's it's like a a rivalry between these step uh, siblings who are completely awful to each other and are constantly like scheming against each other. Um, it's like a super fun lightweight show. It, it, it that very was, much. That was my next question is it a, is it a comedy? Like, what was, yeah. I was having a hard time trying to pick, pick the genre there. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it has its dramatic moments, but it's primarily a comedy and probably not as sitcommy as Shit's Creek. But um, it, it is. It's just a very charming, easy to watch show set on like a beautiful Canadian lake, um, and uh, it's you know it the. The humor in it is quite filthy. It's it's not family viewing by any stretch. Um, sure. But um, yeah, a super fun watch. Uh, I think it's eight eight half hour episodes. Um, That's so, a solid point right there. Yeah, so um, I would definitely uh, say give it a go. Um, like it's always fun to see things that aren't American come out. So see what uh, you know the Canadian view on on what a show should be is. So um, yeah. Uh, the Lake sounds good on Amazon. You said Amazon yeah. Prime, cool. Yeah, and uh, I'm saying people brought you upload. <laughs> the Lake. <laughs> good point, Liam. <laughs> Shut up, Paul Bitsy. Um, <laughs> All right, These are um, the same people that were bringing you a league of their own. So now I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you could have said it's from the network that brought you The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is also correct. Yeah, yeah, good point. That's true. Uh, Yeah, right. All right. Um, so (laughs) being a gay guy growing up as a teenager in the nineties and early two thousands, I think anyone in Australia can relate to staying up and watching SBS late at night to see gay shit because nothing else had gay shit on it. And uh, probably the main source of that was a show called Queer as Folk. Yes. There was originally a British um, version and then there was a US remake, which was the one that I definitely grew up on. Mm -hmm. I remember sneaking, like having all my lights off in my bedroom and watching it so my parents wouldn't know I'm watching a show about gay guys. Um, And uh, it was a very informative show at the time and it showed a lot of stuff that nothing like no one else was really showing at the time. Um, so, uh, the network Peacock in America has just, uh, rebooted it and, uh, it's now on Stan in Australia. Uh, so there's, yeah, a new season of queer as folk. Um, and this is a really interesting show. I, I watched the entire season, um, in a couple of days while I had COVID and uh, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but every single character in this show is a piece of shit. Like mm. everybody is an asshole, a self-centered, narcissistic asshole that make infuriating decisions um, that just make you want to jump into the screen and like slap him and go, "What are you doing?" Um, but it's really interesting and like the representation is like nothing else. Like this is a super diverse show and it's very um, dedicated to showing, you know, every aspect of queer life that's out there. Well, it's trying to. Um, and 
it has a very interesting framing device. So it starts off just like the original Curious Folk, and then in the end of the last episode, uh, in the end of the first episode, uh, slight spoilers to the inciting incident of the show. All the characters are at um, the gay club, and then a shooter walks oh, into wow. the club, and some of the characters don't survive, and huh. the characters that do. Uh, having to deal with that and the, uh, you know, all the things surrounding that for the rest of the season. So that's kind of the big differentiator between this and the original Queerest Folk. So um, it does a bit with that concept. Something's good, something's bad. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting show. I think if you're queer in any way, you're going to want to watch it just to see what they do. And see how the community is represented uh, represented in 2022. But um, yeah, have have either of you guys are you familiar with the franchise at all? Or? I'm familiar familiar with the franchise because you said it was on SBS, and like I wasn't watching it for the same reasons you were, though I was yeah. sometimes staying up late to see what would be on. Yeah. Um, it was usually <laughs> Neon Genesis. For, well, there was Neon that. Genesis, and there was <laughs> South Park, and then if you yeah. stay a little later, there may have been some boobies. Um, yeah. So like, <laughs> what? There was, it was reasons to be watching. SBS. I remember when I remember when Mum and Dad gave me my first TV. They said you can't watch SBS, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay." Of course, I was watching SBS. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I definitely came across Queer as Folk. At least the ads for it. I don't know if I ever really watched. If I'm being honest, yeah. Um, so I guess the questions I have then. So, did you say you've watched both the original British show and the US remake? Yes. Is should this have been a, a Queerest Folk revival? Does it make sense for this to be another version of Queerest Folk, do you think? it uh, In the last episode, there's like a slight cameo that suggests that this is in the same universe as the British original show. Oh, interesting. Even though this is a Peacock show. Yes. Huh, interesting. Um, as American? The characters? Uh, yeah, so this is set in New Orleans. Right, but oh. yeah, there is a slight cameo because one of the characters uh, thinks about moving to um, London, and he loads loads up Grinder and uses the like search function to sure. see who would be where he's going to live, and one of the characters from the original pops up. Huh, interesting. So um, is that an okay? Egg? Let's let's take yeah. out that very minor detail for a second. Yeah. If you yeah. <laughs> don't include that, do you do you think it makes sense for this be to be a queerest folk revival yeah. essentially? Yeah. So I guess the main uh, driver of the story of queerest folk in the original it was about uh, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, he was a school kid. He um, gets a fake ID and goes to a gay club and picks up a man that's much older than him. And then that's kind of like he becomes part of the group as the the young guy that's under the older guy's wing. Mm -hmm. And a similar thing happens in this one. So it's like a young guy. It's almost a reboot in that sense. Yeah, he goes to the club. But in in this version, he goes to the club to be a drag queen at the club. Mm. And his mum is okay with it. She's actually encouraging him to go to the club. But then... During his first performance, the shooter comes in mm-hmm. and the older guy, uh, instead of them having sex as the inciting influence, the, the, the older guy saves him from the shooter. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think once you find those sort of hooks that like yeah. that connected a bit better to what at least like okay, this is a twist on that story that you think you know. I think that mm-hmm. that makes sense now. Um yeah. interesting, cool. Were is were you aware that Russell T. Davies was the creator of the original Curious Folk yet? Yes. Is, is he involved was he involved in the American remake or this version at all? Uh, I think both of them just have inspired by okay. credits. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I was wondering because obviously he's been, as we were saying earlier, has been uh, had a bit of a hot streak going recently with It's a Sin and then some other stuff. I can't remember what that was called. There's another show leading up to it as well. And that was yeah. who. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. That actually sounds interesting. Though that was the other thing I was going to say. The thing about everyone being assholes. Yeah. Is is a thing that happens a lot in TV. Like the show about those people who are all awful. And mm-hmm. it's, we've talked about this before, but it's such a hard thing to get right. How mm-hmm. to have a show full of people that are all insufferable, but make it still entertaining and you want to keep watching them. And this sounds like it was semi successful, but not completely successful. Yeah, I think shows where, it, where it's successful in doing that. The show itself is aware of their assholishness, and the show itself is kind of judging them for it. Whereas yeah. this show feels almost complicit. Like mm. it's mm. like, how cool are these guys? They don't give a fuck about anyone. Like that's where I kind of felt like a bit of a distance from the characters. Gotcha. But, What's another show that it does work in? Well, the one like, that comes to mind right now is Succession. It works extremely oh, yeah. well in succession. Yes. Every single one of those characters is in some way the biggest piece of shit you've ever met in your life. And yet you and, still want to uh, name your dog I, after one. And I still <laughs> and you still want to name your dog after one of them. Um, um, always Sunny in Philadelphia is another interesting perfect. Another version, yes. Uh, think of that, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, community, I would even uh, argue on some level, everyone's sort of like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. they're not necessarily likable to begin with. Yeah. Um, Though you do come around to that, and that changes a lot as the season goes. Seinfeld, Seinfeld, good example. Um, What's the example? But because they just (laughs) are idiots, they're not aware of it. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think of like where it doesn't work, and there are shows we've watched where I'm just like, I don't care about any of these people because they're all pieces of shit. Um, Upload. (laughs) Basically, yeah. (laughs) This Uh, podcast. What else have you been watching, Paul? Uh, so I want to shout out a new Apple TV Plus uh, sitcom called Loot, starring <gasps> Maya Rudolph. Have either yes. of you guys started this one yet? No, but I did see a clip. There was a clip uh, that got around of her doing a hot... What's it called? A hot wings? What's that thing? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, the hot... Yeah, there's like a YouTube show where people answer... What's it called? Hot, ones. It's called hot, hot ones. ones. Hot Ones. Yeah. Hot Ones. Yeah, the hot, her doing a Hot Ones interview. And Sean Evans. Very, yeah. very funny. Yes. Very funny. Uh, um, that is definitely like the comedy highlight of the season so far. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. It's just a very breezy, easy to watch show. It's about a woman. She's married to a tech millionaire um, played by Adam Scott. And then it finds out she he's um, mm. cheating on her. Um, so she divorces him. And in the divorce, she gets like an $87 billion set- settlement. And... She starts off being all depressed and she realizes like she has all these like businesses and she's got a foundation, a charitable foundation. So she decides to start working full time in her charitable foundation 
And when she goes there, like, it's all, you know, down-to-earth people and she's, like, this larger-than-life billionaire and it's kind of like a fish-out-of-water story. Um, it uh, stars Michaela J. Rodriguez, who was the star of Pose. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, so it's lovely to see her in something else. Absolutely. Um, I need to go back and watch Pose season two and three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, just the whole, uh, the whole cast is like just full of lovable comedians that you've seen in everything else. And um, yeah, it's just a solid show. Everything on Apple looks really expensive and well shot say, as well. Apple so. TV plus. So this continues their sort of streak of good shows. Yeah. Though I feel like the commentary around this, like the reviews of this one haven't been as strong as some other things. I've seen a lot of people criticize it for not being deep enough because it is about like wealth Ill- inequality and it's like it's a very breezy sitcom so if you're expecting depth if you're expecting to really go hard on these issues Mm -hmm. you probably won't like it but if you just want like a fun half hour sitcom like i would highly recommend this show there's some parks and rec and uh um uh, 30 rock alumni involved which which explains the cast yeah uh and also the enjoyableness of it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I my Apple TV Plus subscription, free subscription finally ran out. Um, yeah. After I reckon I got over a year and a half out of it somehow. There was there was always ways to extend it. I think I want it back though because there is things yeah. on there I've been meaning to watch, and there keeps being good stuff on there. Uh, the loot, I believe, I didn't include this in the news either, but I think it's already been renewed for a second season. Which Apple has been really good at giving shows at least a season two for the most part mm. with a, maybe one or two little exceptions here and there. Um, and yeah, well, I, that's the other, I, uh, the other renewal news was Acapulco. Um, oh, did you get a second season? I missed that. Too. Yeah. They renewed it for a second season and I don't know anyone who's watched it apart from the people I've forced to watch it. Mm. Um, so I'm really glad it got a second season because that's a really, another really fun half hour sitcom on, on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and I believe my Rudolph and Natasha Leone have a production company now. They're doing an animated show that they're both starring in, but they've also now signed like an exclusive deal for TV shows and animated shows and stuff like that with Apple as well, which is pretty exciting too. So, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Apple keep kicking goals with their content. So that's pretty cool. Even if there's, it's got less, it seems to be, as we talked about before, it seems to be high quality generally. So that's exciting for Apple TV+. Plus. What else have you been watching, Paul? Uh, I want to shout out a couple of uh, streaming movies that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is a movie called Fire Island, which um, is on Disney Plus uh, in Australia and internationally and Hulu in America. Um, so this is a film um, written by Bowen Yang, who also stars in it. Um, it has uh, Joel Kim Booster as well, the stand-up comedian, who's also in Loot as well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, this is a gay rom-com. Uh, so it's a adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, uh, but set on Fire Island, which is a island just off the coast of New York City, um, which is where all the gay people go um, for summer in, in America. So, um, yeah, it's like a pretty much an island that's completely gay. Um, no straight people on it. And, uh, yeah, so it's a, a really fun setting for a film. Um, and, uh, really great cast, completely, uh, cast by queer actors. Um, Margaret Cho's in this as well. Um, like 
really sweet, genuinely funny, uh, really well shot as well. It's a really beautiful film, and I, I think it was it's a Fox Searchlight production, so cool. probably before all the Disney stuff went down, it was probably meant for a cinema release, I'm guessing. But um, yeah, so uh, if you want like a queer uh, twist on your normal rom coms, uh, I would definitely recommend Fire Island. Um, on on this theme of queer rom-coms, mm-hmm. this is a couple of months old now as well. I think this came out maybe a week or two after our last Off Topic Hot Topic. Did you see the trailer for Billy Eichner's Bros? Yes. Mm. I'm very, very excited about that. That was a heck of a trailer. Yeah, it looks like, great. I can't remember the last time I've seen uh, any sort of rom-com trailer that made me go, I actually really want to see that. It's been a yeah. long, long, long time. Unless it's been like there's a cringe factor to it, like, wow, that's going to be so bad it might be good to watch. Yeah. It legitimately was like, this looks really funny and I'm keen to see it. Um, yeah. And it's great. Like these, So Bros will be the first ever major studio yeah, released. Universal Pictures, yeah. Yeah, um, queer rom-com. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so but it's really cool. Like this and Fire Island, mm-hmm. um, both came out in the same year, and it's mm-hmm. kind of setting this new trend because both of those films are completely cast by queer actors. Like cool. nobody in the cast is straight. And um, I I was listening to a review. Uh, sorry, I was listening to an interview with um, Jolkin Booster, and he kind of he was talking about how great that was, and he kind of lumped. There's an Amazon rom-com as well that did the same thing called my fake boyfriend do not watch that one that is okay. fucking terrible <laughs> um but uh yeah there was that but, christmas one that came out on netflix last year as well was single that? all the way single all the way yep and uh there there was another one the year before with fran drescher as well that was, uh, was another, another queer christmas movie yeah wasn't there another queer a women's queer rom-com yeah. that came out recently as well oh had- yeah with happiest season that's with, it. Yes, um, that was Christmas too. Yeah, it? Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, yes, and yes. that that's a fun one as well. I yeah. enjoyed that. It, and that, so that was the thought. Is like there is a bit of a trend at the moment, which is great. Like, mm. okay, um, let's let's make this a thing. Let's make this the norm. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't seen much of any of those. I've seen Single All the Way, and it was a Netflix rom com. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, equal uh, rights to make a she rom com <laughs> as well, no matter who you are. Um, but yeah. Bros legitimately looks good. Like, yeah, and I, I would I would recommend Fire Island. I cool. think it, it's a genuinely charming rom com. If you want like a breezy rom com, you, cool. you can't do much worse. Um, and I want to shout out another. You can't Apple do t- much worse, or you can do much worse. I think you can do well, much worse. Is what you're trying to you say? You can right? do much. Worse. You can do much worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I just want to shout out another Apple TV Plus uh, pickup, which was a film called Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was uh, the winner at Sundance, I think, last year. So Apple TV bought it for a record amount. Um, This is basically how you win Academy Awards now. You buy your films after a bidding war at Sundance and Cannes and hope that it does well enough to win your Oscars. Yeah, and I, I feel like this one... I don't know if it's going to pull a coda and win Best Picture, but I feel like it will get some attention. Um, what The film that actually came to mind the most is Juno. Mm. Like, you know when we all went and watched Juno and everyone loved it and then, like, 
mm-hmm. a few years later, then it wasn't cool to like it anymore, and everyone like turned on it. Yeah, We're I was still. Just, I, I stopped being. I was never cool, so I continued to like Juno. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we're still somewhat in the uh, allowed to like Cha Cha Real Smooth stage, but the I've I have seen smatterings of the hate already on Twitter, so it's not long until everyone starts turning on it. Do you feel like, though, what's, what's the difference between when Juno came out and when a film comes out now is that, like, you have the initial praise, then you have the backlash, but then it's not too long until there's the backlash to the backlash. Yeah. And it's like, eventually, it all just becomes mud and it doesn't matter. You can love it or yeah. hate it and no one cares anymore. Well, this is one of the most, like, genuinely heartwarming films that I've seen in a long time. Cool. I laughed. I cried. It's it's really great. The the guy that um, stars in it, he wrote and directed it as well. This is his second film, um, and he's going to be huge. Uh, the film also stars um, Leslie Mann and I've forgotten her name. What's her name from Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, yeah, her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel terrible. I'm terrible gay for not remembering her name. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh it's about a um, kid. He's kind of in this stage of his life where he doesn't know what he wants to do and he's kind of feeling adrift and he takes his brother to a bar mitzvah and then uh, becomes kind of like the party starter at the party because he knows like none of the kids are dancing or having fun. So he decides to like that he's going to start the party and get everyone dancing Such and all the mum... Yeah, and all the mums at the party see that and they all demand that he's going to do that for all their kids' bar mitzvahs as well. Okay. And then, um, yeah, then he uh, falls in love with one of the mums and it goes from there. Um, but oh, yeah. he's very Juno. Yeah, so this is <laughs> like, it's so, I can't understand how much uh, this is so heartwarming, like, Ah, I just cried so much, like happy tears in this film. I just want everyone to watch it. Like I, I told Brendan to watch it, and he, my co-host, the Swapcast, he watched it and loved it as well. Um, I really think you both will and enjoy you said this. This is film. on Apple again. It's on Apple. Damn it! Cool. Another reason to go. On. Yeah, we're going to go on that family plane. Going, uh, Dakota Johnson is that what you were trying? Yeah, to say? Dakota, yeah, Dakota. Yeah, Dakota Johnson. <laughs> yeah, sorry, she really loves limes. So, uh, you don't know the limes thing? No. YouTube Dakota Johnson limes after this. You you'll thank uh, me later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something to do with that that Vogue uh, the architectural digest? Oh, I oh, think I've, I have yeah. seen that actually. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been watching. Excellent. There, uh, you did mention <laughs> some. Uh, there was a reality TV <laughs> show, but there's even some stuff. Yeah, go on. Tell me about this reality TV show first. There was something else I want to ask you about too. Okay, um, yeah, so uh, I want to shout out a reality TV show that came out on Amazon Plus called Love Struck High. Have either of you seen this? No. So this is a reality TV show narrated by Lindsay Lohan as her character from Mean Girls. What? What? Who allowed that? And she... I mean, you have my attention. (laughs) So what it is, is they've kind of melded a reality show and an early 2000s teen film together. So Uh what they've done is got a whole bunch of British 20-somethings, put them in an American high school setting. 
mm-hmm. and then like assign them all like their roles as like queen bee and like the the jock and whatever and then put them in like stereotypical teen movie scenarios like a house party or cheerleading tryouts and homecoming dance and all these kind of things and it then, sounds like the Stanford experiment, like the Stanford prison experiment. Like, but, then it, but it's a reality dating show. So <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't change my feelings. It still sounds like so clearly the winners at the end will be the prom king and queen. That's like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, yeah, exactly that. Yes. So, um, it's right to sell, <laughs> but, but it's a very inclusive, uh, so it could also be prom king and king or oh, queen great. and queen. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Fantastic. so yeah, that's the kind of cool thing about it is like, you never know who's going to end up with who because, like, everybody's kind of fluid in this show. Um, but it's it's a very strange show because I was like very much on board with the concept. It like sounded really fun. I love like the, all the Mean Girls stuff and the sound. Like, it's very like they've dressed all the the people in the show in early two thousands clothes. All the music this is, is what Gen Z's doing anyway. So don't yeah. just make the shop <laughs> with their wardrobe going. <laughs> but, but yeah, like the music is like the soundtrack is all like the hits of our youth. <laughs> um and uh but because it's so so contrived mm. it also feels incredibly staged. Like because they're in school but like they're not doing school like they're not going to class and learning maths and, and science or whatever all in their 20s yes right so and- that, that also tracks with the early 2000s <laughs> 20 year olds playing teenagers yeah yeah exactly uh, <laughs> um so yeah they'll be like going to their lockers and like hanging in the hallways and like well why? Why are you doing that? Because you're not actually going to class. Because the producers then, told them to. Well, I mean, that's what every like, reality TV show is like, but this is more obvious in this show. Yes. And then there's like really weird moments that it almost feels like you're watching a porno because it'll be like they're they're doing like life, uh, learning to be like lifesavers at the club, at like the swimming pool. And then like they're doing mouth to mouth and it turns into makeout sessions. And like the the teachers will be there like clapping them along and all the teachers are like super sexy model looking people. It, it's a very bizarre show. So this is on SBS? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you get to mask onto this one. I want to take on this Yeah, too. she would That's love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I recommended this to someone and they messaged me back. I couldn't get through the first episode. So then I never, I, I haven't like forced anyone else to watch it. But that's when you know you're onto something good, Paul. <laughs> you love. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I can recommend this, but it, I also want to recommend this. So I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued enough to try and check it out. Honestly, yeah, yeah. this is the right sort of content for off-topic hot topics. So I'm glad you bring it to the show. Thank <laughs> you. I mean, I love the circle. I don't, like that's yeah. true. Like so, yeah. Um, Before we move on to what Liam's been watching, I'm surprised you haven't brought up like the fact that you've seen the new Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movie. Oh, yes. You've seen um, Top Gun, Maverick. uh, Lightyear. Lightyear was the other one. I haven't seen any of those three movies yet. I haven't had time. Uh, Other stuff going on. Uh, quickly take us through your thoughts on those three major releases that neither Liam or I have somehow seen, which is really unlike us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun. Um, I'm not going to say anything new that everyone else on the Earth, on Earth isn't saying right now. It's amazing. Go watch it. 
need to do that uh, soon, Liam. <laughs> yeah, we should just go. What, what are you doing on the weekend? We'll just go all three. Just go see all three of these. Jurassic World Dominion. So Jurassic Park is my all-time favorite movie. Is that uh, right? I love it more than any other movie. I, 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 I don't blame you. It's in my top five yeah. films of all time. It's incredible. Yes. Um, I've seen it so many times. I Did actually you see the IMAX re- in 3D? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, that was so good. So good. Oh. It was oh. like, when I went thinking, oh, this will be novel. And then the first, you know, the first shot is like just the leaves and the, and yeah. the sky. And I was like, oh shit, this is great. <laughs> it was that <laughs> shot. And I was like, this is so good. They should do this for every movie. When the hunter um, guy gets taken by the velociraptors, it yeah. felt more horrific because I felt like I could see more because I could just, see through uh, the plant. It, yeah. Do you know what it did? It just Plants. made details I haven't really noticed stand out before just because yeah. there was like, there was perspective or there was like distance between them. It's just, that's seriously all it was. Um, but it just made a already fantastic film just a different experience watching it. If it, if it ever comes back, run. Okay. Run. I will. I will do it. Um, like it, doesn't, it doesn't need. To, it doesn't need to run. be a 3D, but it was. It was. <laughs> that was a good um, reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually love uh, the Lost World, and I didn't like it at the time. But rewatching Jurassic Park three, I think is actually a lot of fun. Is that only and because think- you're comparing it to Jurassic World series? <laughs> like, but so then, like, uh, in. I think when Jurassic World and uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom came out, I was so, like, hyped up for new Jurassic Park movies that I kind of let a lot slide. <laughs> Before Dominion, I rewatched World and Fallen Kingdom. And I have to say, like, World is still, like, I had a fun time with it. It's not as, anywhere near the originals, but I had a fun time with it. Fallen Kingdom, I actually liked a lot less on my rewatch. Mm. Um but it's still not an absolute disaster. Jurassic World Dominion is a fucking train wreck. I hated it. It probably will be my most hated film of the year, just purely because of what uh, potential they wasted with this film. Mm-hmm. It it spits on the legacy of Jurassic Park. <laughs> the fact that it got the original characters... And shove them into this fucking storyline angers me so much. The fact that we got a new Jurassic Park film and it's about fucking locust plagues <laughs> makes me so angry. It boils my blood. Like everything about this film is undercooked. Um, it's just, I, it baffles the mind how this script made it to the screen. It just. Horrific, and uh, it, it just makes me so angry. I can't even talk succinctly about this film because it just angers my blood. Like, please believe- don't go. Please thank, don't thank, go watch it. Thank you, Paul. That's what I wanted. I, mean- <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have that prepared. Yeah, like, he brought out. No, what just happened that, to ask he, you? Yeah. He had that loaded in the chamber. I, he just yeah, forgot he, had, he, had he said it, it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just had yeah. to, you know, cock it for him so he could so he could pull the trigger. And uh, Lightyear um, was fun. It, it's probably like mid-tier Pixar. Um, okay, no- mid-tier's not bad. Mid- yeah. Mid-tier for Pixar tends to be pretty good. Yeah, it, it's definitely... Um, Is it worth <sighs> seeing at the cinemas? It does have some nice visual moments. It's actually, like, visually, it's it's 
what you expect from Pixar, sure. and it's like full widescreen cinemascope. It takes advantage of being like a cinematic movie. Mm-hmm. I think uh, viewing it, um, they they frame the film as the film that Andy watched mm-hmm. to make him a fan of Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. In that context, it makes no sense at all. Oh, okay. Um, but as its own thing, it's a fun movie. But if you so, think about it in terms of like the way it fits into what we've known about Buzz Lightyear, what we know about the time frame that Andy was supposed to watch Buzz Lightyear in, it makes no sense. So I guess it's my next question is like, I was asking before, should Queer as Folk, this new sh- you know, show be a Queer as Folk show? Does it sort of earn a... If this should this be a Buzz Lightyear film, or if you just re- like made the character not Buzz Lightyear and took out the catchphrases that made make him Buzz Lightyear that we remember from Toy Story, would it alter the fabric of the movie enough? Yeah, like, I think it would have made it. I think it would have made it a stronger film. So, what, wow. so do you think this is a cynical like we want to make this sci-fi movie, but it will do better at the box office if we call it Lightyear? So let's make it a Lightyear film. Well, apparently, according to the filmmakers, it was it was the opposite of that. It was the genesis of this film is like, I wonder what the film was that Andy loved, and then that's how this film got built. Mm. But to me, that makes no sense. When you yeah. watch the film, I feel like you'll have a lot of the same thoughts as what I do. Interesting. Because okay. like, thinking about it, it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't track, <laughs> especially like... There's some big twists at the end that completely make no sense in terms of what we know about the character. Interesting. Does it, interesting. Does it have? It actually intrigued me enough to want to get like a lot that. of like modern references that would also not make sense in terms of. Uh, not modern references. Uh, it is very inclusive in like it's, it's modern sensibilities, right? Yeah. So like. Uh, obviously, uh, it made big news that this film has been banned in several Middle Eastern countries because it features a same-sex relationship in it. Okay. And thinking about big sci-fi films, family films from 1995, I don't think any of them would have been released with a lesbian relationship in it. Interesting. But do you okay, think but that... Okay, it's a fantasy but- world. Like, does that... like? It, but... The world that Andy lives in is still a fantasy. Real. I don't think. I mean, it's the, the toys. The idea that that, yeah, exactly. Like, I why think, couldn't his world have been a bit more inclusive than our nineties was? Look, I'm not upset. Like, I'm not upset that this inclusion has happened in the film. I don't think, but I also think, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it just brings up those questions because, like. I feel like in the Toy Story universe, the only thing that was fantastical was the fact that the toys came to life. Everything about it was supposed to be the grounded world that we live in. No, but, but, what... but, but, you're, but you're suggesting that the idea the 90s could have been more inclusive is too far-fetched to... to <laughs> well, be, but toys coming alive is fine. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what? As a queer person growing up in the 90s, Seeing that in a major tentpole film was as fantastical as my toys coming to life. Fair enough. I can't, I can't not Fair argue. I can't argue, yeah, that. Cannot <laughs> argue at all with that. Yeah. Point taken. Let's move on. <laughs> Liam, what have you been watching? Nothing. Um, I've only I've been very busy, so I have I've only had really 
the only thing I've really done is just had those rewatches of past favorites that have just been you know get home from work and just put something on. I just recently rewatched all of Parks and Rec again. Nice. Incredible show. Love. I actually love the last season. Oh. Yes, there is some stuff at the very beginning that is a bit iffy with the Ron and and Leslie's relationship. Yeah, that, was a, that was a rocky start, wasn't it? That was a rocky start, but the whole season, the end by the end of it, I loved it. Um, and I'm also after that, I'm like, oh, I need some more Mike Sure. So I watched. I've started rewatching uh, the Good Place and this watch rewatching it again. Things I had issues with the first time I watched it, where I've actually stopped having those issues. I have enjoyed Jason as a character a lot more in the first three seasons than I did the first time around. I think I can see him more for what his role is in the show. Um, And just genuinely just another good, great, good feel show like that. It's it's just... just I do think about The Good Place surprisingly often, particularly because I think the ending is spectacular of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it crosses my mind more often than I. It sticks the landing, which to. does not happen often. And as I always say, endings really define, like have have really define the, what something was ultimately. Oh like, yeah, remember that so show about dragons and people living in the north? Yeah, <laughs> I, no, not really. No, because uh, <laughs> no one talks about it anymore because <laughs> the ending point. was fucking terrible. No, that, sh- that show's coming out pretty soon. I've heard, apparently, there's good buzz around this new Game of Thrones show. Great. Um, Who's telling us that? <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, but besides that, no, not much, honestly. <laughs> when uh, saw Thor? Well, we'll, we will talk about Thor. I would like to save Thor for the spoiler zone uh, at the very oh, end okay. of the podcast, just so we can talk freely about it without, because I think... Uh, it's going to be easier if we can talk details. Um, Fantastic. But I'll just quickly mention a couple of things I've been watching. And in fact, I know for a fact you've been watching at least two of these, Liam. Um, we watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, I thought we'd already talked about this, but yes. No, I we haven't. suggested this today to a friend of ours, a mutual friend, Rod. Uh, so this is the Disney Plus original movie that is sort of a reboot of the Chippendale Rescue Rangers TV show of the 90s, the cartoon show, but it's not because in this version of Chippendale that TV show was a TV show and Chippendale were actors playing those characters in that TV show. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> I mean, imagine Lord and Miller made a Chippendale movie and Basically. I think that's what you get here. Basically. It is... Yes, it's like... A Lord and Miller, like 21 Jump Street. Lego meets movie. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. Um, it's not quite as dark, though it is surprisingly dark in some ways, mm. as like Who Framed Roger Rabbit was. Um, but it definitely seems like a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit in, in good ways, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like an updated version of it, whereas if Who Framed Roger Rabbit was all about like the cartoons of the Disney and Looney Tunes era come to life mixed with the real life world. Do that with kids animated cartoons, but also video game characters, but also with 3D animation, but also like on so many levels. And I had a good time with it. I haven't thought about it a lot since, if I'm being honest, but um, I think it is a lot. Of, I had a really fun time with it. You and um, I watched this together, and it was yeah, we chuckled quite a lot, quite a lot, and just some yeah. good, really good ideas. Um, 
I thought yeah, well some very in, well executed, some very insightful humor about like modern animation and those sorts of things. And I had a good time <laughs> with it. Have you watched it, Paul? Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I'm I'm a Lonely Island stan. So oh, as Lonely Island that made, of course. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, and I've loved you know all the movies that they've done, Hot Rod and Pop Star, and I think this. You know, I didn't expect the Chippendales movie to go alongside that filmography, but it totally does. Um, yeah, great I won't cast. Spoil... Sorry, yeah, great cameos, definitely. Re- really, really strong cameos, and often very well used. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I want to go back through and like it's one of those films that's probably got a bunch of details that if you're not paying super close attention, you might meet as well in the background. I need to go back through it. Um, you should watch uh, New Rock Stars on YouTube. They do a full Easter egg breakdown oh, of do the they? movie. <laughs> yeah, be so fun. frame by frame. Um, I don't want to give anything away, spoilers at all, because I think everyone should watch this because it's great. But there is like a specific character in that movie which was I thought was just going to be a you know blow away joke that was bigger in this than bigger to the story that I thought it would be, and I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's so vague. I almost want to mention who it is, but the uh, yes. Yeah, the, and that we, three know, we two know about it, it. All three of us know what we're talking yeah. about. When, it, yes. when they first show up, it's like, holy crap, I can't believe they were able to do this. And yeah. then when they continue to show up, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> how <laughs> is this still happening? How is this still yeah. happening? Um, and it's it, funny because, like, when people talk about who framed Roger Rabbit in retrospect, they're like, that could never happen ever again. And I sure. feel like this does it times 10 in terms of like the different companies that have released their IP for this film. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, you know, there's franchises I would never expect, never expect to show up in a Disney production, a Disney family production as well. Yeah, you're wondering like what loophole did they figure out to allow this? And some of the Easter eggs I've seen, like the one that blew my mind when it got pointed out, it might have been New Rock Stars or something, is like there's the graffiti in... Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse that Miles yeah. Morales does. And it's in the background on a fucking wall in a scene. <laughs> it's like, it's a faraway detail, but it's definitely there. It's like, what sort of like legal team is wrangling all the rights to this sort of shit? Like, Disney, this, Disney this, can I afford guess it. So. But then it's nuts that this is a straight to Disney plot. Like this could yeah. have been released in cinemas and I think would have done relatively well. I guess I since it was based on a TV show, it makes sense to release it, release it on a streaming platform instead. But like, it might be one of the best things Disney's released this year, and it's sort of just languishing on Disney Plus. <laughs> no one's really talking about it. I don't think. I Look, think out of all the, the, uh, the the things they've revisited Disney this year, this is better than you know Obi Wan or something like that. Yeah. I, I agree, one hundred percent. It's a million times more successful. I think getting people to the cinema would have been a hard task. I think this is a very this, easy this film for someone to go. Oh, I loved Chip and Jail as a kid. I'll give that a go. Yeah. But getting someone to shell out twenty bucks for a cinema ticket. I think might have been a harder time. Like, sure. it's a very hard f- film to sell without ruining the best parts of it. So, yeah. like, yeah. And I'm glad I didn't see a trailer or anything for this. Oh, well. I did. Yeah. I, I saw trailers because I I was curious what the tone would be. And the, and the trailer sold me on it. And definitely a couple of jokes were ruined. But that character you don't want to talk about does not show up in the trailer and, like, <laughs> remains a secret. There was a clip released, I think, that has them in it. But, um but not the trailers, not the main trailers. Um, yeah. I uh, really enjoyed Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We uh, also finished watching Taskmaster Series 13, um, which is the most latest season series of Taskmaster. Once again, Taskmaster is my favourite television show. It's getting me through some very dark times. 
and I'm sad it's currently off the air. I'm happy to know that season 14 will be arriving sometime later in the year. I don't know if they've announced the cast yet for season 14, actually, but... No, I don't think they have, no. What, what I found out is it doesn't matter if I don't know who any of these people are. Mm-hmm. They seem to find the right sort of people for this show. It was a great <laughs> season once again. I feel like the last four seasons, at least, have been really, really top quality. Yeah, they and really then they the had. And then they had the Champion of Champions 2, which had the winners from season 6 through to season 10 in a one-off special, um, which was also excellent. Um, why the fuck isn't everyone watching Taskmasters? Because you can't in some places, because it's uh, nearly yes, impossible. No, yes, you can. You can get Taskmasters Supermax Plus and buy a subscription and watch a lot, if not virtually all, of Taskmasters at this point. Yes, is you that available? That? I didn't know if it was available yet. I actually that's, looked it yeah, up the that's other day. Out. And they're, they're adding a season just about every week, it feels oh. like. And they've added all the international versions and stuff like that, although they're continuing to roll them out. Like, so do you yes. got it? have it? No. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is... Because we were about to ask for your password, I think. Because what, <laughs> what I'm saying is there's no excuse for not watching it. Because it is available anyway. Caught out. <laughs> uh, everyone watch Taskmaster, though. It's the best. Uh, and quickly before we move on to our Thor Love and Thunder sort of spoiler talk. Um, I've been watching... RuPaul's Drag Race... Oh, sorry. Meant to mention news. Uh, Drag Race Down Under is returning June 30th for season two. Are we excited for that, Paul? It can only be better than the original. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> Were you familiar? I wanted to ask, actually, because they announced the cast uh, earlier this week. Are you familiar with any of the queens? There's at least one from Adelaide, I think. Yeah. I'd ne- I've never seen her perform before in Adelaide. Okay. Um she was originally from New Zealand and then moved here. I believe that's it's right. It's like yep. based here. Yeah. Um, but I've heard good things. Cool. Um, yeah. I like the the cast looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't the cast that was the problem with season no. one. It was the production was that's- extremely rushed and the budget was virtually nothing, and it showed. That's what I'm hoping. Season two needs a better budget. It needs hopefully just the COVID like. We've moved past all those COVID restrictions in the way these things are made now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it just feels a bit more seamless, a bit more connected. It doesn't feel so distant. There were fucking, I remember, conspiracy theories getting around that Rue wasn't actually there and had been composited into the shots that Rue <laughs> never was, went to New Zealand. You were saying those conspiracy theories. No, no, theories. that wasn't me. I was refuting those conspiracy <laughs> oh, okay, theories. Okay, okay. Yeah, it wasn't me. There were friends of ours <laughs> who were giving those Although I've, Here's my conspiracy theory. Broad was the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I'm hoping that it does feel a bit more cohesive. I hope. I don't think it's been officially announced, but I hope Reese Nicholson's back as one of the judges. He, no, he, he, was, he, he is. is. Okay, yeah. I did see him retweet, like retweet a tweet from the RuPaul Down Under account, but not. I've not officially seen anything, so I'm glad to hear that because yeah. um, he was probably the highlight of that whole thing. Um, but I've been watching RuPaul Drag Race All Stars Seven. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching Paul? Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, so fun. Yeah, I'm obviously not quite as... I've watched as much Drag Race as you or Damask have. Watched a lot more than Liam. Um, That's not hard. I've, I've probably watched <laughs> probably watched about 50% of, of what's the main series and UK and All-Stars and stuff at this point. But I'm really enjoying Season 7. The biggest reason is probably that I really just love Jinx Monsoon. And the yeah. fact that we're getting another season with Jinx... And Damascus is one hundred percent right. Jinx is Damascus' favorite queen. Mm-hmm. Jinx is now my favorite queen. 
and continues to be my favorite queen. And the sequence alone, the the snatch game doing her uh, Judy Garland. Yeah, so I've good. Rewatched that I have seen that sequence. It's incredible. Multiple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is so 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 good. But I think in general, I mean, you would expect it when you're bringing back past winners and only winners for a series. But it, they're like genuinely really really strong season from. Well, it's the format change that has made all the difference. Well, that's okay. So that's a good question. So this is then it's not you. Will, there's no eliminations. So all was it ten queens? Is it? Yeah, are all throughout the entire season. There's none of them are leaving, and at the end, their lip sync challenges are to decide who wins some like ten thousand dollars, I think, like that. Yeah, um, win prize money. In fact, the top two every week end up getting the what do you call them? The legendary legend legendary badges, stuff, which we don't really know how that's going to work out exactly. How they're going to decide? It's deciding who's in the final, probably right. Yeah, so whoever the top four, the four with the most badges, get to then lip sync for the crown at the end. Oh, really? That's how they're deciding it based on yeah. those lip syncs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeez, that's a shame. That's how they're going to decide. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> sure, it can't just be the lip syncs. Like anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but totally. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that format change of keeping them all on there, I think, is is working. You've been enjoying that too, Paul. Yeah, like it just, there's a different vibe to this season because mm-hmm. they're not having to deal with people having to leave. Everyone's just kind of more relaxed and mm-hmm. just willing to take chances. And there's not that like real competitive edge. Everyone's kind of like, there's more of a a friendly rivalry between everyone that's just really fun and breezy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I mean, just comfort all, TV. They're all really polished queens, obviously, because they've all... Mm. One and then probably gone on to have strong careers since. But also I think the way it's being judged is really... They're obviously trying to not be negative. You know how every yeah. season it feels like there's one episode where Rue blows up at them because they all sucked that that way? Yeah. There's, there's not going to be that. There's not going to be the really, really... Um, and like Michelle Visage, when I first started watching, I had a real problem with her and, and I totally think she's vile to the show now but mm. there can be she can be really really critical sometimes mm-hmm. and like that's not happening they, that's just not what the vibe of the show is yeah which makes it less competitive but just as you said just good vibes and more fun to watch i think yeah I now think I, I i really want this to be the normal all-stars format like i'd have i'd be happy for this to be the normal for, format overall like the show is really about it's really just like a talent show and showing us what these people can do. So why send them home? Let us see. Like all these queens spend thousands upon thousands of dollars making all these outfits before they even get to the show. And if they get eliminated week one, they don't get to use anything that they've brought. Yeah. So why not? They've got it all there. Let them do the whole season. I agree. I think I think it would be a really good idea to change up the format that way. Totally. Uh, and Jinx Monsoon's the best, and that's great. Uh, so <laughs> let still no prize money. Uh, no, what are they getting this season? I haven't seen that. Uh, I think it's two hundred thousand. Oh. No, no, yeah. only only the it was the UK version doesn't have prize money because it's on the BBC and they can't. So they win like oh, it's a okay. it's a YouTube series or something like that. They get to be a part of, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah. Holland. I, I won one of those once. <laughs> and I think Holland, you get a dress for winning. 
All right, before we get to the spoiler zone to talk spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder, uh, what did you guys think of Thor Love and Thunder? I'll start. This is the fourth Thor film. Uh, it's the second, directed by Taika Waititi. Um, Ragnarok finally made, was the first good Thor film. Had a great sense of humour, a great sense of adventure. I love the inclusion of Valkyrie. Um, uh, what's his name from Jurassic Park? Got Jeff Goldblum was great in it. It was great to include Mark Ruffalo as the name? Hulk. Uh, I, that was a really, really fun time. My favourite Thor film. One of the best and most entertaining Marvel films uh, I came into Thor Love and Thunder really highly anticipating it and had an excellent, really good time with it. Um, do I think it's like a groundbreaking film or anything like that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No. Do I think it's going to necessarily make it into my top five or top ten Marvel films? Maybe not. Um, but I can't deny I had an excellent time with it. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Liam? If you had told me after the first Thor film that there would be four, I would have <laughs> laughed in your face. Um, but yeah, completely agree with you. I sat next to you and we both seemed to have a very good time with this film. There was a joke in it that Brod and I literally laughed at, giggled at for the next five minutes. Uh, I would um, say, I would say uh, legitimately, accurately, two full minutes. Yeah, like, and I, 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 that's never like happened to me ever in a film before. <laughs> but like, there, there was four the, of us the, sitting together, and all four of us were giggling still. All four, all four of us at Thor four were. <laughs> I was thinking of that joke before, as you said, the fourth film. I'm like, how am I going to say this? It doesn't make any sense. It's not a good joke. <laughs> um, um, didn't um, stop me. Uh, like, but, like for two full minutes, we legitimately just sat there chuckling as the scene continued. So. You can cut this out if you want, but like, what was the joke? Just so I know. We'll take spoilers. We'll take yeah, spoilers. Yeah, in spoilers. We'll take spoilers. Yeah. Um, I I came out of it having a really good time. I I don't think it's perfect film. Obviously, um, I think it could have gone for a little bit longer. It did feel at points rushed to me, like things were cut out. But ultimately, I had a great time, and I really enjoyed what they were doing with it. And I enjoyed this version of Thor. I I agree. Also, that while I think you, I think that there are parts I wish were a bit more fleshed out and maybe an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes might have been helpful there. It also was, I'll tell you what, I'm getting sick of going to the movies and seeing two and a half hour movies. So like a movie that, like I looked at my watch when the credits were, I was like, that was less than two hours, was fucking refreshing. To just be able to go to the movies, sit down, have a really fun, entertaining time and then walk away satisfied. I was like, uh, with less than two hours, I was happy with that. Could not agree with you more. My new podcast where I watch bad films and they're all over fucking two hours, <laughs> really, I really struggle with. <laughs> well, the movie I, I brought to your show was only an hour and 40 minutes. True. So. The movie that Brod brought to my show was over two hours. So, <laughs> oh, it, should, um, it shouldn't have been. It could have done with a Thor. That definitely could have used. <laughs> no, no, yeah. uh, Paul, what do you think of Thor, Love and Thunder? It's funny when... I was hearing everyone talk about this film. A lot of the critical, uh, you know, takes on the film was that it was too jokey, too lighthearted, mm-hmm. too lightweight. Um, so I was really surprised that there is actually quite like a bit of like emotion to this film, oh, and yeah. uh, like it got a lot darker than I thought it was going to. Um, but overall, I had a really good time with this film. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it was as good as Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and there, I I do have a f- 
a few criticisms that I'll bring up in spoilers that I can't really uh, bring up without ruining stuff. But overall, I had a really fun time with this film. Okay, I feel bad now because I felt like Liam and I, uh, we felt like we were setting you up to tell us that you hated the film. We legitimately didn't know. When you sent us a message saying, oh, have you, uh, you know, are we going to talk about it on the podcast? Like, yeah, guys, cool. I'll leave my comments for that. Like, oh, here we go. (laughs) So Liam and I just, if we were talking a little bit funny for that last five minutes as we gave our reviews, it's because we were trying to set up for the, and here comes Paul to like, tell us how bad it was. Um, Okay, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Paul. We did this with uh, Dr. Strange. That's right. Right, yeah, exactly. on your podcast. <laughs> all right, well, that that in mind then, uh, yeah, we all enjoyed it. We'd all recommend going to see it? Yes, definitely. Yes. Awesome. Okay, cool. Everyone go see Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, but right now, let's get to spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder. You're now entering the spoiler zone. All right, what... Oh, let's tell the joke, the first, that Liam and I laughed at for two solid... Can you knock, guess, knock. actually? Are there any <laughs> Are there any moments for you that stood out, Paul, that you think might have resulted in two minutes of solid laughter? It was not the grenade that was the speaker. I actually hated that joke. Yeah. Okay. Not, not, they can't all be winners. <laughs> uh, was it um, any of the stuff with, like, Matt Damon and Sam Neill? Nope. No, but that was pretty funny. Yeah, Fantastic. That, was great. that no. was great, all that stuff. I can't think of it. What, what was it? Uh, it was the moment where the after Gore, after Gore attacks uh, New Asgard, and they're yeah. all going to like the town hall to have the meeting, or whatever. And Jane's like twirling the hammer in her hand, and Thor's like trying to get Mjolnir to come to him. And yeah. then as he's like, "Come here, come Mjolnir," and then Stormbringer, whatever the axe is, just sort of Stormbringer just comes slowly sliding, <laughs> slightly <laughs> like an accusatory girlfriend. The execution. Oh, I was just of, calling like, you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just the way because every time those those weapons move, they move with pace, right? You call them, yeah. they fling to, and so <laughs> to see Stormbreaker just, just, just really slowly, like if you pan. Down, I'm sure it was just on a trolley, just being yeah. pulled along on a string or something like that. And just the reaction, the side eye from Chris Hemsworth. And, hey. So good. It was, and the sound, I don't know what it was, but it was so well executed. Yeah. I just genuinely couldn't stop laughing for two minutes. I thought it was so good. And then every time they sort of repeated on that theme, it was funny too, yeah. but it was it was never as good as that first one. I've rewatched that clips online. I've rewatched yeah. it multiple times. It makes me laugh every time. And that, that I think, I, sorry. Okay. No, uh, I was going to say like Chris Hemsworth's comic timing is fantastic. It's like, really who would have thought that he would end up being one of the best comedic actors? So in- annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to yeah, be that fucking good looking and also be funny. Next, it's we'll like find out he can sing. Like, yeah, yeah like, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an Australian that, thing. Hugh Jackman can do all those things. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is, right that that whole concept is all. I feel like was almost born out of a joke from Ragnarok. It's like, oh, it sounds like you had a really intimate relationship with your hammer, and that it was comparable <laughs> to losing a loved one. <laughs> that is basically this whole premise of this. This hammer and the and Stormbreaker and blah 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 blah. Like, I, yeah, I thought it was so good. Did you have any particular moments stood out for you, Paul? Um, I feel because I've seen backlash online, but I actually really found Russell Crowe and his Greek accent quite hilarious. So I think this I is think this if is you're problematic. This is problematic, right? <laughs> Yeah. I, I've been trying to grapple with what this is. Because the moment he started talking, 
Liam yeah. and I both lent into each other just say, he's gone full con the fruiterer. Yeah. Which is and to the point where you say coupler, the way he says he said coupler a couple of times throughout it, which is a problem. It was, it's Con, a problem. Con the fruiterer, Con the fruiterer. He's is. a racist character played by an Anglo-Saxon Australian, and Russell Crowe decided his Zeus was going to be Con the fruiterer. Now, I have it's to a be, brave. It's a brave move, Cotton. Well, it's surprising <laughs> because Taika was on board for this, and I be, I'm yeah. sure Taika Waititi is aware of that character and what that is. Yeah. There is no way that he's not. As a New Zealander, I'm positive he would know about it. He's also pretty sensitive to jokes, of, like to racism and stuff like that. <laughs> so, my only thought on this is that the joke is that Zeus is not actually Greek, right? He's a fucking alien like Thor is. But because he's an alien that became the god of the Greeks, he sort of is doing a pantomime racist stereotype of, like, a Greek-Australian immigrant somehow. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) But there is maybe a thought there that it is actually... Because Zeus is not a good character. Zeus is... Like he isn't in even the mythology. He's a pig-headed piece of shit. Like yeah. he's in this movie. You're not meant to like Zeus. He is yeah. meant to be entertaining, which is where it gets difficult. It's is it funny because of the stereotype that he's playing, or is it funny because Zeus is playing that stereotype, much like Con the Fruitra? If it's the second thing, I think that's where my laughter is. And also, <laughs> Russell Crowe. Really, really goes for it. And I, I on really the record, <laughs> on the record, we are not laughing at this. No, um, I want to know: Does Russell Crowe have any Greek heritage at no, all? No, no, he doesn't. Aware. Ah, damn, I just it's like Vince like, Colosimo or somebody. Like you could, that's someone who could probably get away with doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, as Colosimo. someone else well. who's from, like, I am from, like, my heritage is Maltese, so. Like I am also from a Mediterranean. T- tell us uh, it's okay Euro- to laugh at this. Point. Mediterranean, <laughs> Help us island, out here, <laughs> mostly white island that's in yeah. the Mediterranean. If Russell Crowe went into Thor: Love and Thunder and started doing a stereotypical Maltese accent, I would be fine with it. Really? Just saying. Just yes. saying. Just, Just because it's Russell Crowe. What if well, it no, wasn't I, I wouldn't really <laughs> care. Like I wouldn't care if anyone did a Maltese accent. I guess the problem is, the problem is, and like, it is the direct comparison to like Con the Fruiter, is that, that there was a time where like, and this is where a film like The Wog Boy is actually maybe, you know, a good reference point or whatever. There was Mm -hmm. a time where Greek and Lebanese immigrants and so forth were the minority in Australia and Mm -hmm. they were made fun of and called all sorts of awful names and excluded from society for these sorts of reasons. And that's where so many of those, like that, that caricature and that stereotypical stereotype comes from. Yeah. Whether that's as relevant today or not, I, mm. it's, it's, it's a really interesting conversation. I'm, I'm looking, I, I've already seen a little bit of backlash as you have, but not, a, not as much as I maybe thought there was going to be for a film that's 
do you know and what a lot who of people have, say? Who have you seen the backlash come from is no, the question. That's the, that's have the you too. seen any Greek Australians no, not really. say that they were offended by this? Because no, really, really, shouldn't they be the ones to be offended? Yeah, you're right. And no, I, I don't think so. Not really. Or is so, it just like Twitter? Like, what are we going to be offended there was, about? I think today? there was an, there was a there was either there was like I think it was an ABC article about it actually. Um, there's been like reporters, but whether or not that makes them more legitimate or not is a different story. Like uh, someone For those who's at a- home, Broad used air quotes when he said the word <laughs> reporters. Well, <laughs> half the fucking shit we see in the news these days is filtered through an algorithm and isn't being written by people. Some of the horrendous spelling mistakes and grammatical errors and shit like this I've seen recently from the way that like news articles are put together in Australian media. There's barely anyone actually manning these fucking stations anyway, like the keyboards. Mm. Um, so I do use air reporters in air quotes because it's not necessarily actually written by a person. Um, I don't know. But, yeah. I, in the meantime, I, he was having a... He was, like, I, it's probably the, the most animated I've seen Russell Crowe in a really long time. And I th- yeah. thought he was... I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Look, it was yeah, better than his scene. That might make me a bad person. And I'm willing to. I'm willing to accept that, or at least be told that I'm a bad person. Yeah. Um, the gr- the goats were also funny, but I think it wore off by the end of the film. Well, I think they 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 kind of front load it, and then it kind of would just like reappear to like almost shock you and surprise you enough times. Like when they and run then, into the planet. The range just... the planet was one of the best visual gags. Yeah. I've seen in cinema in a long time, especially... That's the thing. This film is the funniest... This is funnier than Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going... It's it's meant to be an outright comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it succeeds. I agree. Yeah. Um, Something I did come across listening to some other reviews of it. And it seems like while there has been some critical backlash and there are some people who've decided they want to cancel Taika or they're ready to move on from Taika because... I don't know, tall poppy syndrome seems to have left Australians now and just the internet in general. Um, the I've seen some people say they didn't love what Natalie Portman was doing in this film, that they felt like it wasn't the same Jane Foster or that they weren't on board with like, they didn't feel like she was believable or something like that. There were some weird critiques I read and listened to that I think are way off base. Because I thought Natalie Portman fucking nailed the pretending to be okay when I'm not okay and the awkward trying to rekindle something with your ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. 100%. I thought she was the the strongest performer in the entire film. Yeah, she was fantastic. I, I really loved her in this film. I did too. Um, I agree. But I have to say my main criticism of the film is more of a wider criticism with Marvel and mm. was I was kind of proven right by the end of the credits is that death feels meaningless in Marvel films. She's dead, and dude. when well is she or yes. are they going to have in the next door film somebody finds a portal to Valhalla and then they have to save her and then she this, has to team back is, up with like I have the- this is the whole thesis of phase four though is is about afterlife and faith. Yeah, this is the third about afterlife. Every other sh- this is the fourth afterlife. That's where they're I, going with this. But I just felt like I wanted that when she was dying in his arms, mm-hmm. 
I just couldn't let myself feel anything because in the back of my mind, I was like, I feel like we're going to see her again and this isn't the end and she's not going to be dead in some way. Like, that's she's, all I... I dead. just... But she might be dead, but she's coming back. No, no, she's not coming back. She's dead. I guarantee she'll be back. Do you want to put you a don't... bet on it? I'll place a bet on it. <laughs> what's, the, what's the bet? <laughs> the bet is... Broad will watch uh, R upload season three. <laughs> <laughs> and if you lose... You can't watch, you can't upload, watch season upload season three. <laughs> no, I would never make that bet. I'd rather die. <laughs> um, um, the only thing in that last in that last in the end credit sequence that disappointed me is that Sif's arm wasn't there. Like, where's that joke? <laughs> just floating by in the background. Just, just, just pick it up, just put it over, across the bridge. Just put it over his shoulder as they walk in. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Jane Foster stuff really worked for me. The stuff at the end with Thor and the kid really worked for me. They, if there is one thing I wish we had more of, and I 100% agree with this, I wish we did have more gore because Christian Bale's gore was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I think there was room to see him maybe kill some more gods. I thought that was like, we really only saw him kill one. Uh, I think that's a, you know, if he's the god butcher, maybe let's see him do some more butchering. Um, and... Apparently there, had, there was a bit that was, a bunch of stuff was like worlds that were removed from this movie. So, like stuff they filmed. I saw an interview with Natalie Portman talking about this. So a whole bunch of stuff they filmed that was actually just left on the cutting room floor. The original cut of this film was over three hours, four hours even. I think it was. But the problem is, I always hate it when I hear that. It's like the original cut was what we was an assembly cut more than likely, and of course it went for four hours because it hadn't been edited for pace or anything like that. Good on them to get out. it down to an hour and forty five minutes though. Well, Jeez. Tyker has then come out and said he's not interested in doing a director's cut. People have asked for that, and he's like, "No, I don't want to do that stuff." He said that outright that you know, pretty much the problem with all director's cuts is they're all kind of shit. The only time that a director's cut is ever particularly interesting is when the film has been taken away from someone. But apparently he also said him and Chris Hemsworth didn't know that the Thor Will Return title was going to be at the end of the credits. <laughs> Which either suggests... that Natalie Portman is, is just, alive. No, that Disney is just <laughs> extremely confident that, that they'll get them back again. And apparently Taika has said he'd be down for doing a third or fifth Thor film, but his third directing. But also... Um, well, couldn't that he th- might he may have not been editing this film, which might be why it does feel a little truncated and a little. But the thing is, I I feel like he would have been part of the edit for the the comic timing, like because mm. so much of that is reliant on on how you cut together. What are you going to say, Paul? Well, couldn't the Thor will, will return refer to Natalie Portman? It could, and like it it could it, actually it, refer we, to like anybody. Um, we, we see to- her, we see it directly after, like, she's the last thing we see. And then it, it directly then goes to Thor will return. Could be, but you could, it could also be something like, um, I can't remember the character's name, some, Billy something or other. There's a Thor that's like an alien that's Thor. There's Frog Thor, which we've actually seen in Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are versions of Thor that aren't Chris Hemsworth or Jane, or, yeah, the Thor own son or... Jane Foster, that could also be Thor at some stage. I mean, there could anybody can be Thor if they're worthy enough to hold the hammer. Absolutely. So, like, 
That's interesting too. I actually hadn't thought of that. Um, doesn't mean it of that. Uh, it doesn't have to be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> but no, overall, I, overall, I thought the film was really fun. And like, I, again, I agree with you guys. Liam, you were saying it's not a perfect film. It's got its flaws, but but like, it's it was flaws. solidly. <laughs> it's solidly, solidly entertaining, and um, I had a genuinely good time watching it. I really enjoyed the stuff with the kids in that last final battle. Like that was. Super cool to see. I, yeah, I re- really thought Chris Hemsworth sequence. did a really good job. The black and white sequence. There was stuff from the trailer that wasn't in that black and white sequence that I thought was missing because it was like, um, I don't know. It's yeah, I, I really really liked it. That, the thing is, it's like I went here to talk spoilers, partly because I expected Paul to hate the movie, but. Um, <laughs> But there's just it's it is I guess a slighter film like it doesn't like there are some heavy themes in here but it has no real long lasting implications on the MCU which maybe people think once you get to a Thor four this guy's been in all the Avengers films and stuff like that it would have some more weight to it um, the what was the big thing that changed here Jane's dead and Thor's got a kid cool I mean pretty big <laughs> well but not like. Like, not like new Asgard, you know what I mean? Not like Asgard gets destroyed or whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, universe changing. It's like, it does shift the status quo for this character in a significant way. But maybe this is the problem people have had with Phase 4, is they're expecting every film to, like, reshape the MCU or be, like, the thing that connects us to where we're going next. I think it's been a lot of just, like... Like, someone else called this an epilogue to Thor's story, in a way. Like, you Mm -hmm. think about after losing everybody he's ever loved and then losing one more person he loved in Jane Foster at the end of this, he sort of finds a new purpose being a dad. And mm. like, and you could literally just go, and that's the last we ever really see of Thor in, in the MCU. And it'd be a, kind of a sweet ending. I agree. Anyway, we've definitely, definitely been talking too long. <laughs> Thank you both again for coming on and just talking shit with me for two and a half hours. Um, Paul, what's happening with Swapcast Podcast? Uh, so yeah, our last episode, uh, we did a review of Here Comes the Bride, which is a Filipino five person body swap. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, the movie was actually surprisingly good and fun to talk about. So, um, definitely give that a listen. Our next main review is, uh, All Cheerleaders Die, which is a, uh, horror Sounded comedy. Really interesting, actually. Yeah. From the description. Yeah, and uh, from the director of Lindsay Lohan's I Know Who Killed Me, which is like an all-time classic piece of shit movie. Um, and uh, I don't know which one will release first, either that one. We're also doing one of our tenuous uh, swap episodes where we force each other to watch a film that's not a swap film. Sure. Um, so uh, that should be a fun one as well. So there are lots of uh, fun swap cast content coming out. Very cool. Uh, and where can people reach you, Paul? Um, if they uh, go on Instagram, uh, the Swapcast Podcast, um, email us at the swap, swapcastpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter, Facebook. Um, but yeah, the Insta's probably the best place to go. Um, that's where we post most often. And Liam, what are you up to? Uh, I'm just working. Um, no, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a new podcast coming out soon. I don't have a release date yet, but you've both been on it, and it's great. It's called Convince Us, uh, where people come on and convince us of their opinion about a film that is, you know, either a 
bad film that people love or vice versa. Um, and I'm also a Twitch streamer. Haven't done a lot lately, but I'm doing a charity D&D uh, stream in August over three weeks. So cool. drop in. It's all in support of Headspace. So all the money goes to Headspace, which is a great youth mental health uh, organization in Australia. So What's your Twitch stream? Twitch stream is Liam Draws with an underscore. Uh, if you, Also on Instagram, Liam, I'm Liam, Liam, Liam Draws, Draws underscore. Liam, Liam Draws, Draws underscore. Liam Draws underscore. Yeah. Uh, when you say with an underscore, I thought it, people might have interpreted that as Liam underscore draws. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. It's Liam Draws underscore. There we go. Thank you. That's L-I-A-M-D-R-A-W. <laughs> and then on your keyboard, yes. it's shift <laughs> and the one next to the zero. All right. <laughs> um, we'll be back. Uh, Damascus will be back soon, either next week or the week after, to finally review Stranger Things Season 4, which I'm very much looking forward to talking about. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. See ya. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.